Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to this. It is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Here I am in the dungeon with Phil. Hello, Phil. Hello, JB. And uh, down the line with um, not Tim Cocker because he's making far too much money this weekend. <laughs> Almost as much money as, as our guest. Mark Atkinson, how are you? <laughs> Hello, mate. How are, I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Oh, mate, I'm, it's I'm, a pleasure. I'd like to go back there. He is clearly outdoing me this weekend. I've seen his face far too many times on TV. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. So we were just playing a game um, before... Who who is ill at BT Sport? Uh, we, we were going through all the social media profiles. Has someone died? Yes. What's got? What's got? What's, got, what's happened? It's got. They got. That's nobody wanted the Exeter job. I reckon nobody wanted to travel from. Where was it yesterday? They had to get down from Northampton down to Exeter. It must be tough on public transport. So uh, exactly. they obviously have to pull him in, haven't they? Well, Tim normally flies the uh, Cockermedia G six. Yeah, so he, he'll, have, point. he'll have taken that from East Midlands Airport to. Exeter, and then he'd be flying it up to Newcastle because he's doing some some uh, filming with George McGuigan tomorrow. Now, just... I heard he volunteered to cycle, didn't he? That's how he's got the gig. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a strange one to start a rugby podcast with, but do you remember when Leicester, as in Leicester, Leicester no, hang on, no, no, got it wrong. Manchester United flew to Leicester to play a game. I do. I, I remember it well. It was a 10-minute flight, reportedly. That's amazing, isn't it? it? It's about it's about 100 miles to get from Manchester to Leicester. But because you have to go kind of the opposite and adjacent sides of the triangle, if you can fly, oh, you can just go the hypotenuse. So it's it's 10 minutes just up and over the Pennines. Perfect. How the other half live? They, eh? got, a, they got a lot of shit about it, didn't they? <laughs> they, did, they did, yes. Yeah. I'm not sure if it was worth it sort of the, the social media side of it, but... Um... Well, I'd do it. You'd do it if you could, wouldn't you? Uh, you would, but wait until the press find out how Tim travels. Then, <laughs> then we've got some re- some real issues. <laughs> so anyway, before we get going, you can find this podcast on... Where can you find it? You can find it on Spotify now. You can find it on any good podcast app. Uh, you use what, Phil? Uh, I use Player FM, although Tim said he couldn't use the search function on Player mm. FM, which I blame as user error, personally. Uh, absolutely. You can contact us at... Contact at eggchasers at gmail.com and also Twitter. So, I mean, there's plenty of games games to talk about, but I think maybe we should start with a game that someone actually played this oh, week. Heartbreaking game. Oh, yeah. Um, probably, let, I don't know if you've seen it or you've just seen the highlights, but um, 
it's a strange one. There's probably not that many highlights to watch from a game of that score when you compare it to the Exeter Quinns game this afternoon. It's not that sort of game, even though people probably see it and think it's going to be an absolute like barnstorming game. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you love Malls, it's a great game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, we we probably just mismanaged the last ten minutes on it. That's what it is. But I think what the Premiership has proven at the moment is that twelve points is probably not enough. Is it twelve, fourteen points is probably not enough to once the momentum swings, it swings hard and and you you sort of you you, you can run away with you pretty quickly. And you know some decisions go against you. I won't just I won't blame that, but you know, things go against you sometimes when you're away from home, don't they? And yes. um, and you you have to ride the momentum. So what was the what was the feeling? Because you say 12 points, there's 10 minutes to go and you're 12 points up. Rewind the clock another 10 minutes and there's 20 minutes to go and you're 16 points up. Now, obviously, away at um, Stonex Arena. Um, how how did you feel at that point? Did you think you could close it out or was it kind of nerves coming in because you've seen it no. before? No, no, I don't. I don't think we've we haven't haven't given away many of them in recent years. I mean, it's mm. the, the Skivington era, I guess. In the last few years, we've we, we've generally been pretty good. We've we've probably chased down a few of them. Um, I, I didn't. I didn't. I don't felt the, the nerves creep in. I guess it's probably this is probably one we'll learn from the most because it's a game where you're 16 points up. So you probably want to play without the ball, and and at times we got caught around midfield, probably not launching well enough, probably not clearing our lines well enough and and probably just we didn't switch into the idea of going well we had the wind we, everything was going for us you probably don't want to play with the ball um so i'm gonna give you a little bit of a counter question on that because i wonder if the learning point is something completely different which is you i mean look at the hard to beat teams this well this weekend so exeter would be a hard to beat team uh, you guys would be a hard to beat team saracens are a very hard to beat team from stingy defense and yet everyone has leaked, what, 38 points? Yeah. So, I mean, may, may, maybe the learning curve here is you just don't defend Leeds now. There's just no point. You just, just carry on going <laughs> just for keep, it. Because, keep scoring. Well, I mean, what did Harlequins do? They, they started kicking the ball back, back, back to Exeter. Yeah. I mean, that was that, madness. That's, that's the one. The one thing I'd say is when, when this, I think you have to put everything into context, don't you? We had, you know, at the Stone, actually, you get a massive win going one way. We were playing with the wind in the second half. Yeah. So... So you know you can probably just squeeze them, and if the ball is down the other end, they're going to have to go through fifteen phases, however many phases. And we didn't feel like that was going to be the thing that would challenge us on that day. Mm-hmm. We didn't get, we weren't getting opened up by them. We weren't getting. We, what we were doing was we were being sloppy, a little bit of breakdown, and therefore give it. What do Saris want? They want entries into twenty two, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yes. You know they're, they're they're obviously changing their style, and they've got fantastic players, but ultimately they want entries in and cheap entries in, and that's probably what we end up giving them. So. I think a different team on a different day, you know, we've seen Bristol's Exeter's throw the ball and go from deep and score three tries in 10 minutes. But Saris are the masters at wanting entries in, cheap entries, and they'll just punish you. So I think this will be a big one that we'll learn from. I don't think it's necessarily going in on Monday going, oh God, we've given one away, all that sort of stuff. I think it's, we have, we know we've given one away, but the learnings that will come from it, I would mm. say from a management side of the game, we'll probably end up going, right, what, what do we have to look at here? And if we get into this scenario again, how do we how do we fix this? Yeah, because if if you if you ignore the way the last twenty minutes played out, to to score thirty nine points away and, and get two points out of the game away at Saracens is is not a bad situation to be in. So what was there much spoken about immediately after the game around those positives, or was everyone just too 
her downbeat because of the way the last 20 minutes played out? Uh, I, I'd say weirdly, I would go as far as saying it's like 72 minutes. That's where you, I, I don't yeah. you, like I said, I don't know if you see it, but like it goes as far as saying, yeah, 12 points up with eight minutes to go. Yeah. You know, you're saying 16 <laughs> points with um, 20. 20 minutes yeah. to go. On paper, that sounds, you know, and then you go 12 minutes, you, you concede one try against Saris, That's you, you can cope with that. And then it's probably the last seven or eight minutes where you go, right, 12 points in seven minutes. Yeah. What What's the learnings that you take from that? It's probably that we don't want to be playing rugby in and around the halfway. Um, Saris are looking for the, the and this isn't, this is not the, this is not a blame. This is not putting the finger at anyone. This is just the way the premiership is at the moment, that mm. refs are looking to even things up. That's, that's naturally how, that's naturally how the game is at the moment. Um, you know, I don't think that's a controversial statement. I just think that's the way that's the way the game is. That 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 once one you know the floodgates open and you see it. Once one penalty goes, it, it takes a few penalties, and then all of a sudden it, it, it comes back to even, and and then it'll swing the other way. And basically, it's whether you score tries when you've got the momentum and the ref and the ref seeing you your side of the game. I, I think. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point. Actually, it's. You know, not is not only is there just game momentum. There's momentum with the ref as ref as well. And can you ride that momentum when you're on top in the scrums or on top in whatever it may be? If he's got a good opinion of you, you've just got to nail it. Yeah, it's not so much saying you know they're getting it right or wrong or the fa- favouring a side. It's just while they're seeing the breakdown going your way or while they're seeing the driving more go your way, do you make po- do you take point uh, like do you score points or when you're on the receiving end of it, if you're if you're up against it. Are you able to sort of withstand, you know, conceding five points in that ten-minute period, which that, you'll probably take at the moment because that's the way. Mm. You know, it's gone are the days of. I think one of the big things is gone are the days of like building a score slowly because your three-six-nine doesn't really it doesn't really come into play anymore, <laughs> does it? Or not at the moment. Nine points. Yeah, you know, we might be Don't get out of bed we, for we nine points. About different, different. We might be talking about a different game in November, December time, mm. when it's you know pissing down on a Friday night. But I think at the moment there's no real point in building a score. Yeah, that's not a that's not a bad point actually. Do you think there's been an evolution in the game where you know, coaches were very focused on defence, and because we've got all these defense, defensive systems now, and everyone seems to be pretty good at defence, well, everyone's now switched their focus to breaking them down, and that's why we're getting these monstrous scores. Yeah, yeah, I do. I think I think we went through a period where defences were on top, weren't they? Everyone yeah. everyone changed the defensive system. You know the 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 defence that Guzzi brought in at Saris, then everyone started to copy it, and you know the, the kick strategies came in that they've never been seen before, and uh, I, and then I, I think that's one thing I'd like I'd I'd like to see a little bit more of is the I think we still speak too much about defensive mistakes as opposed mm. to positive attacking play that have overloaded a defender and caused him to bite it. Yeah, I think the easy mm. thing on that we see on the TV at the moment is. You know, oh, the defender's too wide and he's jammed in. Well, he's not jammed in. Most of these players are playing because they're very good defenders, but they've been caused to jam in because they've been mm. overloaded or they've, you know, the attack swung around late and, and caught your most of your players on one side of the pitch, but they've, they've set you up with that. And I think we could probably show that. And that's one, like, you know, we talk about making the game in a positive light. I think highlighting defensive mistakes. Well, defenders don't just make mistakes. They've made a mistake because they've been they've been caused to make a mistake. That's a good point. It's a very, very good point. Yeah, you don't seem very... In fact, you're more likely now to see attacking mistakes resulting in tries yeah. rather than defensive mistakes. <laughs> yeah, like... I, you know, the, I was watching the highlights of Irish 
Bristol. Yes. You know, Bristol did some great stuff and then almost the game turns on its head because Arundel picks an intercept up. Same for us last week against Wasps when, when Zam picks an intercept on our line and goes the length and it turns the game on its head. But that's that's come from attack pushing the pushing the boundaries, pushing it to try and score a try. And then ultimately it's one way or the other. Mm. Arundel misses that, Bristol score, and it's probably 50 points. Wasp score against us on our line and Zam doesn't score, then it's probably game over. Yeah, um, just on Arundel, I don't know why this has just occurred to me now. It's just, it's blindingly obvious to everyone else. Uh, I guess Arundel before Arundel was was Summit. Um, how they, those guys are so important in changing the momentum. Yeah, I, I think it's. Um, I think it's really. I've played in some some things where they're not quite as quick. I think it's really important to have a rapid. If you've got a rapid back three, it makes a huge difference. Mm. You know because. Because those chances, I know teams will say, "Oh, most teams are qu- most wingers are quick." They are, but there's difference in speed. Yes, you know, there's there, there are flyers, and I think when you know you've got flyers in your team, those chances that a half break goes to them and it, and they've gone, that's a huge shift for a team, massive momentum. Well, it almost it almost puts pressure on the attack for exactly the reasons that you've just spoke about the the um, resummit try last week and the Arundel try this week. It's, it's a fraction of a split decision, split second miss or misread in attack that creates a try at the other end of the field 10 seconds later. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. And, and defenders are smart. You know, got, like, we talk about like even like five or six years ago, you could pause, pause a clip and say, okay, well, you know, fix the inside shoulder and do this. Or mm. the one that really gets me with analysis is, because is, um, I think there's a huge difference between analysis and yes. review. Right. Yeah, yeah. When you when you when you analyze something, if people go like, well, you know, um, if you run that inside shoulder, uh, they'll turn in. You go, what are you showing me? Because because they wouldn't do that because in this clip you're showing me the person hasn't done that, and therefore these defenders aren't robots. They're they're very good players. So I think I think when you review something, it's it's, care, it's, it's tough to say like you know, I see it all the time in like the papers, for instance. They say you know if the attackers are all a little bit wider here. Uh, they could be running straight, and under just pick off this three, this imaginary three on two. You know, but, <laughs> but, but if if they were a little bit wider, then the defense would spread out because. Yeah. <laughs> so so I, I find it yeah I find it a real tough one to sort of sometimes when people start to talk about like you know if you just do this oh. yeah if you just do that defense will change the picture as well. Just changes the subject slightly, but one of my pet hates is doing unopposed like captains runs, and somebody makes yeah. a decision, but they justify their decision. Because they're reacting to the imaginary defence. Like, well, of course, we, we can all do that, can't we? We can all do that. Yeah. And the analysis is oh. not far off it. We're all world beaters when there's no defence in front of us, but we're imaginary defence doing something, aren't we? Exactly. Passes are clean, <laughs> yeah. catches are great. <laughs> so, so Saracens. Um, what, with three games in now? Two, give, two for Saracens. Two for Saracens, two, of two for Gloucester. Just give me your analysis of Saracens. Where, where do you think they are compared to the great Saracens teams of the past? Because they've all got, they've still got the big names, but maybe not most, the depth. Yeah, most of the big names. Ah, uh, yeah. Still, still, still a bloody good team, aren't they? I mean, they're still at the heartbeat of what what's good about them. You know, when when it came to, he, he's he's had to nail two touchline conversions in seven minutes, and he's nailed both of them in the wind. So, like, you, you you've got to give it to Owen. You know, the, the, the lad still has a big set of balls, doesn't he? Um, 
And I, and I think that's I think you just nailed it then. That it's that it's they've still got the players, but probably not the depth. Mm. And that's um, and that's what it comes down to when when you when you're not rolling off Caruso and Will Skelton and Marrow in your second row when you've yes. got two of the three or whatever it is. You know that the you know and, and I, I've probably got a very different opinion on a lot of people about like the way it was for them and all that because I don't actually agree with some of the salary cap stuff that I think they've brought through that many of their own academy players that they should in some way be rewarded. I don't, I don't know how, and mm. no doubt JB will have a controversial opinion on uh, <laughs> how, it should be, how it should be done. But um, I, I just feel like there should be something to reward the fact that if you bring through 10 stars through your academy, then what, then how are you, I'm not saying cheating is the right way, but how are you going to keep them? And if you, if you can't keep them, they're your players, aren't they? Yeah. Mm, so I'm not uh, sure about that, you know. Go on, Phil. Well, so you already get the academy credits, but they're they're pretty limited, well, aren't they? Let's, I, I had an argument with the with I won't go into too much detail about it, but I did have an argument with the, the um with the salary cap manager about this because when were those when those credits the, the eighty grand that you get for a for your credit of your academy player that you bring through a fifty grand whatever yeah, it is. it's it's fifty k. So the most frequently paid. Salary in the Premiership is like forty-two thousand because you add on national national insurance or whatnot. So the most likely the most likely payment that you'll get per year is forty-two thousand because of all of the academy lads. But you're telling me that the the, the ten stars that salaries have put into the England squad who are getting paid, you know, I don't, I don't even want to. It's not really my place to guess where they're getting paid. But, but if, you know, if you were to guess, they get, <laughs> they're getting well. Yeah, I know exactly how much they're getting paid. So, um, <laughs> So they're getting the same relief in their cap as players who are on fifty, you know, sixty grand. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they've they've played three games for their club. I, I just I don't know what the answer is, but I do feel for them. I'm not saying what they did is right in the slightest, but there's part mm. of me that does empathise with the situation that you bring through these stars and they're all demanding X amount, and your club's only getting the same relief as the club down the road who's got ten players that are all getting paid pittance. That well, not pittance, but compared to those players. You know, not as much money, and they've not done. You, you know what I mean? The, yeah, the yeah. It's the same for them. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a better one that people might empathise with a little bit more would be London Irish, and just the the quantity of um, London Irish kind of outside backs who are playing elsewhere in the Premiership. Phenomenal. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah, they've got some yeah, pretty handy true. outside backs on the park at the moment, but there's a huge number that have come through there that have gone elsewhere. So I, I definitely, I think incentivizing that is it, it seems like a positive thing i'm with you mark but i you know i think if you can do it for one you can probably do it for many and sort of london irish are proving this because some of the best outside backs in the country are not playing at, at, at london irish watson cock and a singer maybe jj uh, jj is phenomenal uh Lew- you know, lewington lewington's another one marland yeah oh yeah marland yard that would be another one yeah. Um, yeah. uh, so like now you're looking at London Irish and they've got Parton is it Parton? Parton Parton yeah. Arundel um, Loader Ollie Hassel Collins oh, Loader Loader's phenomenal yeah brilliant yeah, yeah brilliant. And, and they just carry on coming and then you've got Mini, w- Mini JJ he is yeah. by the way he is fantastic he brilliant, is isn't brilliant. he 
the way he Brilliant. takes off is phenomenal. Well, Mini JJ, and he's not playing at um, London Irish, is another good example, but Mini Thockner Singer. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Do yeah. you know, I would look at it a different way, Mark. I'd say, like, if you're producing these lads, you get to choose which ones you keep and which ones Bath pay £300,000 of their salary cap to. <laughs> and I think well, I guess, know, that's how I'd do it. I guess I guess the thing like you, you probably have to look at is you get these players and they come through. Say that the Quinns team that won... Not the Quincy that won now, the Quincy that winning. Was it 2006? Yes. You know, and they, all their players come through together. And then all of a sudden, you know, the players that were demanding 150s are then de- demanding 250s at the time. Yeah. And and all of a sudden, that squad almost had to get taken apart, didn't it? Because Quinn's then dipped for however long because you know, I'm sure they did it properly. And, and they, they realised they couldn't keep... They had their six or seven England stars that all probably wanted the uplift that they deserved. And, and then they couldn't probably bring in the big names that they wanted to because everyone wanted that uplift at the same time. Yeah. And they've they've stuck they've stuck to the rules and they've probably had to take that part of the squad a little bit and, and, and come through with a new new generation, which they have done. And I guess that's the thing that Sarri's probably never did is is mm. didn't come through, did they, with like they didn't have to take the squad apart, which is the difference. That's yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. Because Exeter right now. Yes, it's, it's happening, exactly, it's happening exactly. to Exeter as we speak. Yeah, but I, you know, yeah, I well, think when you look at it, what you're seeing at Exeter and what you're seeing at London Irish and at Leicester, Leicester Tigers are great at this, is more development. So I guess the argument would be, well, where is the, where's the reward for developing players if they can just go elsewhere? Well, the reward is you get loads of good players at a much cheaper price and you've got to do it every single year. And then let them go, and in Leicester's case, buy them back when they're 37 or whatever it is. <laughs> but it does work for them. It does work. Yeah. So that's the model. Yeah. So um Mark obviously we're we're three games in um or two games in for some clubs as we mentioned. Um if you were going to look forward to later in the season and bearing in mind the conversation we've just been having about the salary cap biting uh, and biting different teams at different times because of the way that they um signed up players when the reduction got introduced. If you were looking forward and as a good test for how the salary cap will affect teams looking to Europe of the teams that are going to be playing in uh, the champions cup. Of course, Gloucester are going to go very far, but how would you fare? How do you rate other English clubs chances of um, getting into the latter stages of the champions cup? Uh, it's, it's, it's probably tough, isn't it? I, I don't know what the run is exactly, but teams are probably going, you know, probably coming off, four or five premiership weeks or five or six premiership weeks to then rock into two Champions Cup games. Yeah. Um, I know it's been, it's it's always documented, isn't it, that we we don't get the same rest that the, you know, the Irish teams get, that this teams get. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the, and I'm not that bothered. Honestly, it doesn't really bother me that all that sort of stuff about the rest and the this, because I actually think more and more these days, if, if anyone was to ask me, I think, if you play a lot of rugby for your team, you get really well looked after. You get mm-hmm. if you play, you get a lot of rest. End of. Like, okay. No, no coach wants to put team players on the pitch for you know, unless you're Lewis Ludlow and you want to play 28 games a year with <laughs> destroy your body year on year. But like, but most players will get looked after by their clubs if you play a lot of rugby. Not many fall into that middle ground anymore where you're probably in and around the match day 23, and then there's a a, a a week where they want to change things, play Prem Cup, and you mm. still have to play that. That they, those days are sort of gone now. I think you see the Prem Cup teams that went out this week. They were probably a good example of teams using the opportunity, weren't they? Mm-hmm. You didn't see anybody having to double up really. You didn't see anybody 
not many who are on the starting for that one then on the bench for their team at the weekend. I yeah. don't think anyway. I might be wrong there, but no, you're pretty much uh, there. The only one that I'm so, aware, the only one that I'm aware of was, and it was because of Joe Marler's injury, but it was uh, Santiago Garcia um, oh, Bota. Um, who yeah. came in? I, th- I think he played seventy minutes at the weekend, and then came in and played. Good lad. Um, started Hogard as well. There's a there's a nosy thing. Hogard, I realised did that actually as well, didn't he? Ah, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so but not but many. I, I think. I think. I think generally the point is that if you play a lot of rugby for your team, most DORs these days look after people. But you are first. one of the rare rugby players who really enjoys playing rugby. I'm not sure there's that many people that like playing rugby quite as much as you do. Do you think? Yeah. I'd like to think there's still people out there who don't. There's one or two of them. I mean, I say one or two of them. There's not one or two of them. There are a few of them. But I'm always amazed by how many players don't enjoy it as much as I assume that they would. Really? Yeah. Um, Well, I guess guess it it went through a stage of, of not being cool to to be sort of obsessed with what you do. Yeah, yeah. But then the bit that, I think that became a thing, you know, not, uh, do, do, you watch, do you watch the game of the weekend? Oh, no, no, I don't really watch rugby. When secretly, you know, they're at home watching <laughs> it. every every clip, every single clip around. Listen, listening, to thing, like, oh, listening to the Exclusive yeah, Rugby it, podcast, yeah, of course. course. Yeah, without, without doubt, it just comes up on a Monday morning. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, like, but I, I, openly, I bought that, PRTV pass for the season, that ninety pound pass, whatever it was, because mm. I was thinking, well, what if I get if 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 there's one game a weekend out of that, then then I'm going to watch it, aren't I? <laughs> mm. yeah. Like it, it's just it's just guaranteed that I'm going to find a way to watch one of them at a weekend on the if if it's not on BT. So I I, I don't know. I think also the the bit that gets gets me about that one is I think it's now become cooler again because you know the people right at the top, like you know your likes of Marcus, people like that. Who are obsessed with the game, um, you know, watch everything, and, and, and you know, like they'd say on Sky Sports, a student of the game. Yeah. But <laughs> um, those those people, those blokes on Sky Sports, when they they talk about football, you know, you Jamie Jamie Carragher's, Gary Neville's, all those, they in my head, they made it cool to be obsessed with your sport again. That's interesting. I never really thought that. One of the you know, things, Roy Keane, Roy Keane talking about being obsessed daily all that sort of stuff mm. makes you think well hang on if it's okay for Roy Keane to be obsessed with his game then why why, why are people pretending in rugby that they're not that obsessed <laughs> yeah. when actually they're watching every game at home well because James Haskell said it said it wasn't cool James, yeah, yeah, James yeah, Haskell exactly, will, call, yeah. will, call, will call, call you a nose and I think he still would to be fair uh, so it's right because we're we're part way through a question on your Champions Cup. Oh I've, yeah, but I've got one yeah. one very. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. It's, it's, this is fantastic because I, I love nosing off like this. But one one very quick question um, before Not we that get far is the answer. We, we, before we get <laughs> into that, um, would be who who would be the top three rugby noses who are playing right now? Like you mentioned, Marcus Smith there. Apparently, Freddie Clark is one. Oh really? Oh my god. Yeah, 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 absolutely. He's so he's the other way around. So he'd be like, he'd be watching like highlight reels of, of players he's playing with or against, you know, that sort of <laughs> not necessarily just watching to. I like to watch it um, like every weekend. I'd happily watch it without the commentary on and just mm. make my own thoughts on the game. Yeah. Um, he wants to watch it just to find his. I've said to him, Fred, you played 100 games now. You don't need to, to <laughs> Austin Healy saying how good you are in a, in a more. But. Um, <laughs> Yeah, there's who else is a big old nose of the club? Harry Elrington, big nose. Mm. Um, 
chat. These are just boys from Arkham. When I say Norse, I'd say Marcus goes into the sort of the student of the game type category. You know, um... and he, he makes he makes like watching and and wanting to talk about it. Like that, it, it's just that's why he's, he's brilliant, isn't it? Because he because he's obs- he's obsessed with it, which. Yeah, I'd like to think I am with rugby. I'm just not mm. as good as him. So. <laughs> well, I'll tell you someone who watches a lot of rugby is um, Max and Jomo. A lot okay. of rugby. Yeah, loves it. Absolutely loves it. Um, back to the studying thing. And we will get back to your yeah. Champions Cup question, Phil. And we will yeah. treat it with the seriousness that, that it deserves. <laughs> well, it doesn't really, but we'll, we'll pay it lip service yeah, in a few we'll minutes. we will need to obviously review some of the games too. Um, <laughs> nah. Nah. Uh, what was it? Oh, what was it? Yeah. So I was talking to an agent uh, this week and we were talking about fly halves at study. Mm. And I kind of thought it might be, as the salary cap's tightening, these lads want as many strings to their bow as possible. So if you can get the impression that you are really studious mm. and that the only way to catch up with you as a fly half is for you too to do 6,000 hours of studying, you'll never catch up. It's almost like a barrier to entry to other fly halves. You know, you need the older guy who's putting the hours. And I'm not even, I don't know if it makes that much difference. Maybe it does, but maybe it doesn't. Maybe there's a diminishing uh, return for the more you do. There'll definitely be an inflection point yeah, after, be, after which be. there is diminishing returns. But you could probably still put a lot of effort in. Like, Borthwick uh, was always the line-out nose, wasn't he? The, yeah. the one who was studying everything on it. Sorry, Mark, go on. I'd say, no, I'd say, I'd say there's an interesting age gap whereby whereby so these young flyoffs these days they don't know anything other than the defenses that we're playing against now which i always think is interesting like they they just expect line speed they just expect ball watching defenses so there was there was a period where people who played with the old defenses i think struggled to to sort of to adapt and understand and now now you're seeing players who've just generally played against these defenses for the last four or five years now they, they 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 are learning how do you get on top of these defenses? What what what's the way? Like you said before, it, it's less of a surprise that suddenly you're going to get monstrous line speed and and you're going to get inside pressure as a ball player. So those sorts of things that you, it's probably just not a surprise anymore, and and mm. you can learn to anticipate it. And that's probably going back to your point earlier about why people are scoring more tries is because like I say it's it's less of a surprise. And if you if you practice that every day in training you're less sort of shocked on a Saturday when you do get big big lines. That's probably a, a, yeah, a very nice way to sort of round off why we've got 80 points in every single game. Yes. Yeah, because it's people are more used to seeing exactly what they're seeing, so they've become accustomed to the picture that's in front of them. But Mark, does that not present a potential opportunity for you as a defensive unit to change, the, to, yeah, to change the picture? <laughs> not Not all of the time, yeah. but like... Almost on a rotation, like one in three, you just totally change the picture. I think you get massive, honestly, you get massive payout of it. You mm. get, if you've got the balls to sometimes do something completely drastic, a one-off, <laughs> and then, you know, whether it's whether it's just letting someone fly or sending the nine round the back on a scrum as a, you know, as a rabbit to chase their nine or whatever it is and, and doing it and committing to it, I think you get big payout of it. But it is... It's committing to it and and having the balls to pull the trigger because, like I said, it, it, everything's contextual in this league at the moment. And and if you if you do that when you're the game's on a knife edge and you try and make a big play and it goes wrong, you, you've got to answer for it. <laughs> you're the D leader's got to answer for that on yeah. Monday morning as to why they've made that call. Uh, um, 
I, so, so, so I, I, I was, I had some weird thoughts this weekend about about exactly. I wasn't going to mention this um, when I found out that you were going to be on the Podmart, but but seeing as we've gone down this little rabbit hole, I might do. Please do. Now, box kicking is such a, a an important part of the game at the moment. Some people criticise it, but when it's done right, it's beautiful. It is. Um, I was thinking about box kicking this weekend, so it's so predictable. The predictable, the predictability of the box kicking is to its detriment because as soon as you see the caterpillar. The back three gets into its position. As soon as you see the nine just dr- slowly working the ball back, you know exactly what's coming. So I think a, a great skill to use very, very, very sparingly would be you teach one or maybe several of your forwards to box kick. And when they're set up at the back oh, of a ruck... So they, imagine, nice. imagine Dave Ewers is at the back of the ruck. He Big is Dave. 100% going to pick and go. Yes. But what if he's not? What if he puts in a beautiful box kick? And what if, actually, it's not even that beautiful. It doesn't go anywhere near where he intends, intends it to. That's changing the picture even more than you were originally anticipated. So I think you've got two dangers here. <laughs> there's lots, okay. of, danger. there's lots of dangers. Three dangers. Okay, so first danger is, obviously, the skill level of, of the forward. But don't worry about that, because we coached them to do it perfectly. Uh, well, even if it's not perfect, that may, uh, yeah, it's, it's adding an extra layer of unpredictability to something that's already unpredictable. So that's fine by me. Well, here's the... The other, well, I'll, I'll skip the th- I'll skip the second one. I'll go straight straight to the third one. I think danger might be referees looking at the picture. So as they are sort of forming ready for their box kick, and Dave Ewers is looking at the ball about to kick it. I think where the ball ends up before a scrum half kicks it, the referee allows that because the scrum half is there and he thinks the scrum half knows what he's doing. If it was at Dave Ewers' feet, I bet he'd call it out. Because he's like, oh, well, Dave, come, come on, Dave. I mean, you can't, you can't possibly li- be lining up for, for, for a box kick. Well, Agreed. Honestly, <laughs> my, my, dad makes, my dad makes observations about the game all the time. And I sort of don't really have an answer for him. Like, he'll say something like that. Like, he'll go, well, that, that ball's out there. And I go, yeah, yeah, it's out. But we don't really play like that anymore. So that <laughs> rough. And he'll go, but, but the ball's out. And I go, yeah, but the ref sort of lets you get away with that being in the rook. So don't worry about that, Dad. Yeah, he, he does those annoying. He picks out a few bits where I go like, "Dad, I've not really got an answer for you there." If I'm honest, like it's just how the game is. Um, yeah. It's like a good question. It, yeah, it's like feeding in the scrum. It it's, yeah, it, it just happens. No, no one cares about well, it. No, I don't. You know, obviously, you have to be very, very respectful because the refs get told to pick up for that for two weeks of the season, don't they? <laughs> yes, so, they do. They yeah, do for, for two weeks. Someone will get a yellow card for that, well, but um, <laughs> the rest of the time is fine. Well, I mean, that, that, that's one of the perverse things about rugby: how the laws obviously can't be bent or changed. Well, they can. Well, officially they can't. But then we only get directives to do exactly that. I mean, literally, if if directives are not bending the laws, I, I don't know what are enforce these laws properly. Okay, so we've been bending them ever since. So, so, so if you say that about the the, the box, you can help you, you know. The one thing of it is, in, in rugby, we all know that that wing set back, he might even have a number eight back there with him. Regardless of how slow that caterpillar is set up, the skill of putting that ball on top of him mm-hmm. and him still having to go up for an aerial contest, my God, that's all right. I would hate to have to do that. Yeah. I think it's such a skill. And I think it's amazing that. to watch. I think people don't appreciate uh, it. I mean, what did Stuart Bond write this week that they should limit to six kicks? Or I was like, ten, no, yeah, ten, I mean, kicks from, ten kicks uh, from hand in, in the game. No. I mean, I've not read. Just staying, trying to stay relevant. Yeah, yeah that uh, that is definitely true. But this is just not a thing. I mean, every single game had about eighty points, and we are we are in the era when I think now 
box kicking is almost as important to a nine as, as the pass. Maybe in some cases more so. And the the game we've not touched on it yet, but the East Midlands derby. I want to talk about this one next. Yeah, which, which um, there was. So it was a brilliant game. There were some fantastic tries scored by both teams. But if you watch the first five minutes, I bet Stuart Barnes was hating it. He was tearing his hair out because both teams were feeling each other out by allowing kicks to see how it's going, where the defence is moving, where's the space. And then um, both Mitchell and Furbank used it beautifully in that opening 20 yes. minutes because they they, they, looked, they were able to move the, the Leicester back three around. They were able to analyse the space. They got Leicester thinking there was another kick coming and then bang, they were gone. Yeah. You know, if London Irish do high... High speed, exciting outside backs. Northampton do medium medium speed, extremely skilled players, just as well as anyone. Wow. That back line's that back line's brilliant, isn't it? The, mm. the the balance they have, the the sort of the way they can cut teams apart, and they're all on the same wave. I think the the way they're all on the same wavelength is a bit that does it for me. They're they're a really nice team to watch when they're ticking. They? They're really nice. Just break down um, this. This is just a question to you off um, uh, off the fly here, so you know, feel free to answer it fully. Um, just break down the contrast that you see between Leicester Tigers and Northampton, because I thought that the beauty of this game was was the contrast of these two teams. Um, I, I can only say. I've, I mean, I'm going to say based on what I've the clips I've seen. I've not seen the whole thing. I've just watched mm. the 10 minute BT bit, so that's that's tough for me to answer because I. I normally like to see the bits that lead to tries. I don't really care how the actual tries are scored. That's interesting. Um, yeah, I don't really, you know, the finishes in the final pass. But I, so I, I won't be able to give you a full answer. But what I will, I've got an interest, I've got an interesting bit that I wanted to discuss with you about when you were talking about that kicking. Yeah, I'll let you carry on with that game mm. first, and then come back to it if you want. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah sure. no, no, go go for it now. I think. Well, so so it, it feels like the. The, the, the persona around kicking. Tell me if you think this is wrong, but like the the it's okay for Saris and Leicester to win trophies and play in that manner for years and and play and be tactically brilliant. You know that, that's how it would be perceived as tactically brilliant. But when the rest of us do it, it's it's going like well, you you lot should probably run the ball and hang yourselves more often to keep an exciting game. But but when the teams who sort of have won the trophies by doing it, you know, Quinn's obviously the exception. Yeah. Extra had a different style, but but teams generally that win stuff have been that over the last ten years, haven't they? Mm. And but but now other teams, you know, now generally the other teams have started to do similarish game plans. It, it's now a negative, so it's almost like the teams right at the top who are competing to win it, they can do it. But what now will hammer everyone because you lot should carry on playing an exciting brand of rugby that that, that that's not going to win a yeah. tournament. But you play for me, you not should, for you. Yeah, so yeah. Whereas but, I, I just think it's a little bit, so a little I, bit different. I think there's a few things going on here, and I'll use a line out and a line out analogy, which is if you're th- throwing to the front continuously and mauling it, and that's where you get your success. Well, you'll carry on throwing it to the front and mauling it until somebody stops you. I think what we've seen with Saracens winning their trophies and how they've played. Let's exclude the salary cap stuff. But what you've seen is a successful tactic that nobody has successfully com- combated. And so why on yeah. earth would you change stuff? Now, when other teams have tried to copy it, and they have done now, I think, very successfully, uh, you know, a lot of teams are very good, good, good at box kicking, you can see all the powers that be and all of the rugby insight going into solving the puzzle. So I think the answer to that will be... Uh, 
if you want to get rid of box kicking, you don't ban it. You just have more of it because someone then will figure out the antidote to box kicking. And I think that's exactly what we're sort of seeing now. And also you see a, a variation of it. I I was watching, um, oh, it was this game actually, Van Portfleet. The way he kicks the ball mm. is a thing of beauty. I mean, it was, it's really, really quite awesome. It was talked about in comms as well about just the, the, the sheer height yeah. that he gets on it, which obviously gives the chasers, the defence, much more time to get under it. Yeah. But yeah, Mark, Mark to your point, it's I, I kind of share your frustration a little bit because I think I think you're right. I think there is this, from what I see, it, it's exactly, I'll just be reiterating your point, but the there's, there's almost a tolerance of it um, or a celebration of it more um, from the top teams where they're successful, but anyone else tries to do it and it's it's heavily criticised. And I th- I think it's it's such a short-sighted thing because if you watch like both, both this game because we're talking about it, but Northampton Saints kicked a lot at times, but they kicked when Leicester had put more men back. That allowed them to create or it allowed them space to do other things. Yeah. And similarly, Leicester kicked a lot early on, but when they, when they, the Northampton um, well, defence and attack, but the Northampton team was tiring late on in that first half and late on in that second half, Leicester were happy running from anywhere. Yeah, and it's it's um, it's short sighted just to say kicking is bad because it's what does kicking that what does a successful kicking strategy then allow you to do? That's what people should actually look that, yeah, at. Yeah, that's exactly right. But they don't, and that's where you have to. We, just, we have to put context on, like the, the people driving the team. You know, so long as the people who are driving the team, I've got the mindset of. And you'd always go back to him. I think he's still the best around for this sort of thing. He's. I don't think Fordy goes into a game going, "We'll kick the ball here and we'll run the ball here." I think he just decides if it's on to shift the ball from his own line, and that's the calculated decision. He shifts the ball from his own line, mm. and if it's on to kick the ball on their line, he kicks the ball on their line because. He just generally makes the right rugby decision at the right time. Yeah, and not yeah. everyone's going to have the intellect of George Ford when it comes to rugby, but that—that's generally what you hope that you can, if you can coach your ten, your your decision makers that <laughs> that you make the right, roughly the right decision most of the time. You, you're going to be on track, aren't you? That's that's what that's what I'd like to see more often than yeah. just saying right, you kick the ball from here, you kick the ball from here. You'd like that's the that's the way it's being sort of spoken about in comms and and what you see in a lot of from these rugby writers. It just sounds like players are told you kick the ball from here. Whereas I actually don't think that's true at all. I think coaches are saying, you know, make the right decision in the scenario. And you you see a thirteen man wall in front of you, you're going to find backfield space. Just just on that um, George Ford point, um, the semi final last year, Leicester Tigers played Northampton Saints again. Uh-huh. If yeah. if you remember it. And George Ford, uh, I made this point on the pod um, after the game. George Ford scored from the 22 after, it was about uh, with 20 minutes to go, something like that. He gave a little show and go. That that was the only time in that game that he ran the ball. Every, Is that right? Every single other time. He either passed it or kicked it. But the one, the, to his rugby intellect, the one time it was on, he found it. He, he, won, he one found, from one, didn't he? Yeah, one from one. One run, one yeah. try. And it's just boys. an amazing example of exactly the point you're making. That's why it's the best in the business, yeah. Well, one more point, point on Saracens, which I think might explain the attitude towards them, is I don't think they care. 
So, <laughs> so, so, yeah, if, so. You, if you don't care... <laughs> And your only <laughs> and your only obligation is to your fans, and the fans are like, well, we embrace we, this identity. We, we like winning. Yeah, we like winning. So you know, go and do what you, you go and do what you want to do. We'll do what we want to do. And eventually, if someone is completely shameless about what what they're up to, the criticism the criticism no no longer works. So I, I think there's an element of that as well. They found found that their identity, and that will be it. I mean, if running the ball uh, from deep was uh, you know fr- like. Uh, was like frowned upon I think Bristol Bears would still pro- probably do it so mm. it's just finding your identity and sticking with it I think they I think the one thing with Zoris is they they can take you apart in a number of different ways I don't think I think gone are the days of, of just being able mm. to put the ball up the air and, and do it. I think they can now they, they've got sort of an, they have got the all court game I know they say they're moving towards it but I think they've had it for a few years now I think they've they can go back to tight when they need to and stick it up, you know, mm. stick up front and get Billy and Mac around the corner. But my God, I think they can take you apart in a number of different ways. They're pretty good, aren't they? And yeah, and I, yeah. I think looking at the best teams in the world at the moment, um, well, if you say internationally, um, all of them can do that. Like New Zealand mm. can do it, France can do it, Ireland can do. It. They can beat you up up front, but they can run it around you when they want to as well. They can stretch you. Now back yeah. back to the Tigers Northampton game. Yes. Here was my takeaway. And here's why I want to talk about the contrast of the two teams. Mm. It strikes me that they are both working on pressuring the other team, which, of course, is what you're meant to do in rugby. But Northampton are very much into scoreboard scoreboard pressure. They they are trying to score and they're trying to, trying to run away with it. I saw the score of this game before I watched the game and then I watched the entire game. And I was watching it, I was like, where are the points going to come from? Because, where are Leicester going to get the points yeah, from? Because yeah, because you get to like 80 minutes and they're still on like three points. Like, where is it going to happen? <laughs> and you can see Leicester, I mean, I'm sure they don't want to concede the points to start with. And I'm sure they would like to have scored more points before then. But they seem to me perfectly content just to keep squeezing, keep following the process, and then eventually the implosion from Northampton in the last 10 minutes was unbelievable to watch. And that's a, just a different type of apply, uh, applying pressure via the game. So my, so my takeaway is, I think it's it's similar to yours, but I'll probably phrase it in a slightly different way. I thought that overall, because I actually did the same as you, I yeah. saw the scoreline and then watched it the full game back afterwards. Um, the So Northampton Saints were incredibly energy inefficient. So they worked yes. really hard early on. And Dan Bigger was actually saying to the ref, I can't remember who the ref was in this, um, he said to the ref early on, you can't stop us with playing tempo. It was, Dick, it was Carl Dixon, wasn't it? Oh, you can't, yeah, you can't stop us playing tempo. You can't stop us playing tempo. And they were all about tempo, 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 keeping the pace up early on. Whereas Leicester were very, ex- exactly to your point. Did Dan Bigger say that? He said, yeah, you can't stop us playing tempo. Oof. I know. Um, Watch me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but Leicester were the opposite. They were very happy to let, um, Northampton do ex- exactly what they wanted to do to keep the tempo up and they were very energy efficient they were not over committing to the rooks they were not um, they were not move- being moved around the park too much sometimes to their detriment like with the Mitchell and the Freeman tries um, but it al- allowed them in the last 10 minutes of the first half and the last 20 minutes of the second half they were the team with all of the energy all the oh. impetus and they just in both those periods they were I think Northampton were lucky not to only concede seven in those last ten minutes of that first yeah. half, and they probably got what, what was coming, particularly with the um, yellow card pressure that came in the last twenty minutes. I of the absolutely, second half. I love the trust shown by 
Leicester just to stick to what they've been told to do. Because they've obviously been told to do this. And I guess if you were less experienced as a team, you would just want to fling it around and, and score immediately and try and try and combat what what Northampton have already done. But I, that, that's, that's what I found mo- most impressive. Uh, the trust that they have in the coaches and then the discipline to pull it off. I think it's amazing. Mm. It's a good, good game to watch. It's a uh, good, good fun one. What was had one more very very insightful point to make? Yes, it's not that that insightful, but still, <laughs> I I genuinely consider. Well, no, I thought that Mitchell's uh, weakness in his game was his lack of fitness, because he looks like he slows down massively in the second half. Uh, it turns out, I think that being the Northampton scrum half might be the <laughs> hardest role in the Premiership. It might be like the equivalent of um, the Tour de France doing doing that in. Uh, 80 minutes. Yeah. They need to sign Kip, Kipchoge, don't they? That sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, don't, I don't think it's a lack... I honestly... I, I don't think it's a lack of fitness for... I think he's... I no, think I don't either. Now. Fit no. As, yeah, I think he's yeah. as fit as anyone. I know that's that was that was said a few times on comms at the back end of last season, wasn't it, by, by certain people. But I don't I don't believe that in the slightest. I reckon he's, he's really... I actually think he is brilliant, isn't he? Yeah. He uh, is top, top, top draw. Um, like a constant threat. I, I'd yeah. say, I'd say it's an all-round game. There's not many as as complete as him at the moment. No, I, I think, uh, and like, that, that was probably based on last season as well. Really, com- completely agree. I, th- I think he's playing some brilliant, brilliant rugby, and I, and I completely agree with the fitness point. It is, it's, it's. I said it before. That Northampton were energy inefficient, or like they they work so hard, but they don't get the scoreboard rewards for for working so hard early on in the game. Yeah, yeah, good. Good game, good game. Right, talking of good games, good games. Mark, have you got any questions? Um, <laughs> how did you boys get on this weekend? How are your teams? Oh, who? To, uh, uh, talk H. <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I'm glad you asked. We beat Aspel yeah. 62, <laughs> 62 14. Were you? Did you play? Did you play ones? Of course, I played ones. You were you were maybe debating because it, um, they were so successful without you last weekend. Yeah, well, you can only go so far without great leadership. So um, <laughs> I, I had to be dra- drafted back in. But yeah, we are on thirty-four league wins in a row. No, very oh. nice. So we've got. We think we've got the longest winning streak in the country in league wins. The JB Cup. Yeah, we we actually own the JB owns the JB Cup. So cheers, everyone. And how did Mar- how did Marlow get on this weekend? T- Tim's boy, Tim's boys, Marlow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we don't like Marlow around here, mate. But uh, Tim, Tim is a massive fan. I think they might. Have, did they win? I don't know. Yeah, we don't like Marlow. Yeah, no, no, no one likes Marlow, which is a general rule. All I know is everyone hates Marlow. Everyone, everyone, everyone hates them. <laughs> Every, everyone. How did Aylesbury get Aylesbury get on? Aylesbury won. Yes, yes. There we go. Amazing. So yeah, um, Tim will like this because if if this is the end of our lower league club chat, yeah. actually, Mark, you're a uh, you're a northwest lad. You, yeah, I was about to say, if you're 34 wins in a row, is that just constant promotions? Is it? Yeah, pretty much. And reorganisations is well, the other one. Yeah, yeah, there was a slight reorganisation of the league that scuppered your promotion. Yeah, we should definitely be level six, but we've stayed in a league which was officially level seven. But anyone who played in it, what, like, what, does, what does level seven? What does that? What does that look like these days? What's it doesn't look very good, mate. I'm not going to lie to you. No, it's not great. No. <laughs> so like, I've spent most of my time playing level six. So when you're at Sedge, what, what level would, would, would that have been for context? No, I was. I helped them get relegated from the championship. So that was that oh, was good lad. Their heights. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think I only played six, five or six games there. The back end of that, 
That was the champ year. When the champ went from 16 to 12, that back in the, back in the day. Did Remember you play? That? Is that the one where you all got money for losing or beating Newbury? Was that? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, were, God, were you yeah, playing in that game, Mark? Yeah, yeah, 250 quid, yeah, for losing that game, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely no shame whatsoever. Um, <laughs> no, that was the one that we uh, won. So, uh, Mark, you, you definitely won't remember this, but we did actually play together for essentially. We, 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 yeah, no, no, I do. I've been reminded this before, but we actually, <laughs> so we did beat them down there and then and then there was a massive social after it. So, yeah. that was, I think that was to finish 13th, was it, or 14th out of the 16? Yeah, we finished one above Newbury. In that game, it was, and there was a little thing with, um, if you if you finished third from bottom, you got a parachute yeah, payment was, of ten grand, and if you finished fourth uh, um, fourth from bottom, it was fifteen grand or something like that. So, Dave Smith, chairman, put a, a few quid in the the kitty for the trip yeah. to the church. Wonderful. Yeah, stuff. I do remember that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was. You know what? Honestly, some happy times then. And also, just getting two hundred fifty quid to sit on the bench at Otley away was the highlight of my my first year of sales. So, I remember uh, Otley away. That was like. I think come on. That was my family came to watch me at Otley away. I think come on in the pissing down frame. It was freezing up there as well. It was you absolutely got, you got to go fish and chips after Otley, though, didn't you? <laughs> oh, that was good. So which yeah. which teams have you played for in the Northwest amateur teams? Or were you, were you just well, straight into Lim and Kersal. You Lim and Kersal, really? Yeah, Lim Lim was like my real junior stuff and then Kersal was like um, Colts rugby. I never re- I don't think I actually ever played a game for Curzel first team. Um, do, do, maybe, did, yeah, maybe. did you play for Lim first team? No, neither. Neither uh, first team. Cause I, well, no, because I went straight to Sale, didn't So by we, we had a good team, Colts team at Curzel, and then sort of dismiss. It's tough, isn't it? Sort of dismiss. I've got quite a lot of mates who are still playing for some of those teams now. Yeah. Um, yeah, Curzel, um, a couple of like Mac. Uh, a couple over at, at Chester now, actually. So, just just chasing that chasing that coin around the. Cha- yeah, you'll probably have an opinion on that as well. I'd have thought, Joe. Uh, look, I, I think <laughs> if you, if you want to play pay pay your players more power more power to you, but it's a tricky yeah. it's a it's a dicey thing to to, to be doing. Oh, I know. But um, so yeah, so they, they were my teams. Yeah, I loved it. And um, so I'd, I mean, I'd love to get back more. But so Lim this it. week ended. The team with the second longest winning streak, Stockers. Yeah, in uh, Stockport. In, the, in the country, they beat Stockport. Wow, so, really? Yeah, Stockport got to level five. Really, really good setup there. But Lim are flying yeah. now. Dean Dean Schofield's father-in-law is involved. That's there, right. It is. I see him. I see him at, um, at Cheltenham every year, and I <laughs> of course always you have do. a good chat with him. Comes up to me. Yeah, comes up to me at Cheltenham. Good bloke. Really good bloke. Um, what always reminds me uh, of my. T- yeah, one of rugby's junior days playing at Stockport. Yeah, one of uh, rugby's good uh, uh, good guys to go for a beer with is Dean. Mm. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's one of the best, isn't uh, he? Uh, I think he was playing until last year. You know, he was definitely playing pre-COVID, playing for Stockport. <laughs> it just doesn't surprise. He could still do a job now in the Premiership, I imagine. Probably. And pr- um, probably. what a sign he'd be for a social as well. Yeah. <laughs> would he just would he just oh just just to like hang around with Dean Schofield's pretty cool just such a presence yeah. go to Mojo's yeah. with, with Dean Schofield but funnily enough that's where I saw him last <laughs> yeah, no, it's where I, where I saw him last <laughs> so yeah well Kurzel, yeah you should come up and see because uh, Kurzel are one level ahead of us now and I, I'm not sure I'm not sure if you saw level 6 now you'd really re- it'd really look as level 6 did when when you left it unfortunately Okay, but that's just this is the way the world, right? 
I can I can hear Tim. Uh, no one's interested. No ring, one's interested. Ringing, ringing in our ears. So before we get back to the rugby, let me find this. Um, let me find this uh, email. Oh, I've just lost it. Have you got to read the emails from Tim? Have you? There was a very, there was a quite a good email. Uh, it was about. Oh, I'm going to lose this now. Uh, well, I'll, I'll, you, you've, I'll you've, have Tim tomorrow, and he'll read the emails like a professional broadcaster. <laughs> he, he's normally much better than this. Okay, we done with the emails then. Uh, Thank you for all Tim, your emails. Tim is gonna kill me because <laughs> I've lost the email. So the email was um, about. Let me. <laughs> we're gonna have to edit this. No, no, absolutely not. I know you're not doing. Here we go. Here we go. From Will. Will. So he says, "Great pot." Cheers. Blah blah blah. My girlfriend is an adoption lawyer. Wow. Here we go. This is one of our favourite things. Yes, it is. Adopting uh, Japanese executives. Yes. Mark, did you know that that, um, Japan has the highest rate of adult adoption in the world? Is that right? It's because uh, there's so many family-owned businesses that have been running for, well, in some instances, uh, a thousand years or more, that um, to keep a what is now a 21st century multinational operating, you can't just have some um, spoiled rich kid <laughs> taking on the business. So they they adopt kind of the 30-year-old protégé. Um, <laughs> they, this, have, this is like a common thing in Japanese culture oh, now. Anyways, brilliant. an email related to that point from Will. So he says, um, just in case it's not clear, this is hypothetical and obviously I won't be doing it. But for argument's sake, if I were to adopt a highly rated, uncapped 20-year-old Tongan rugby player, yes. would they immediately become eligible to play for England. Also, if I was married to my Irish girlfriend, presumably um, our new child, who is the 20-year-old Tongan that they've just adopted, would immediately be, <laughs> be eligible for either team. Yeah. it's a great question. <laughs> either of you got any thoughts on, on that matter? Have, do you know uh, any good 21-year-old Tongans? <laughs> any, anyone in, in, in the academy, Mark? Any Tongans in the academy? No, but if, I mean... I'm just trying to work out whether that'd be legitimate. Would that would that would that fly? Um, well, not for you because you got an England cap, mate. So you can you can't get adopted. Uh, I just I'm just thinking. I was there were the Scotland coaches were in last week. And I was shouting at a few boys who had been capped outside the three year window, shouting them going like, "He's he's available." I won't say the names <laughs> of who, but I was going, "He's available soon. He's available next year, next year." Yeah, so that, that's going to be an interesting one. I reckon that's going to start to happen as well. People are going to start to be on the move. Oh, 100%. And as yeah. they should do. As they should do. Yeah, yeah why do, not? It's a short career, isn't it? Do you know what winds me up is, I know the coaches were over in Gloucester, but I know the coaches say things to lads, and I think they should shut up. I think the club should ban the coaches coming into the clubs unless they're going to talk to existing capped players. Because they'll come in and say, hey, come and play one game for Scotland. I think you're going to be a 50 cap hooker. Well, okay. Well, give me 50, you know, pay me like a fifty cap hooker. It's 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 ridiculous. And then these boys go back to the club and say, "Well, the international coach just told me I'm going to be a fifty cap hooker, so I need a pay rise." I reckon you're talking about one specific example of sale there, in particular, aren't you? Well, I mean, there, there are numerous examples, mate. There are numerous examples around the area. Uh, <laughs> um, between the lines on that one. Yeah. yeah. Right now we no, now we're done with the emails. Mark, did you watch this afternoon's game? Yes, I've seen this afternoon. Oh, this afternoon, um, okay. In amongst, I couldn't believe what I came back to though. Uh, we had a big family Sunday roast. We had quite a few family here uh, from my missus' side, and then 
watched the first half an hour, saw the live score, had to then go back. I was like, oh, this is done and dusted. Went back then to watch it. It was incredible. Um, I was very impressed, actually. Very impressed by the Quinn's turnaround. Um, um, I actually didn't really see if I'm, if I'm massive honest, I didn't see that coming. Um, me neither. Oh, I, I thought, saw it coming from I thought a I looked good early on. Yeah. It cost me £200 today. I put a fiver on Quinn's at exactly the right time. And well, exactly, was... exactly the wrong time as well because they lost. Yeah, well, true. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> so you lost a point. Yeah, lost so you lost a five. Lost five pounds. <laughs> burns it. But, uh, ew. <sighs> Christ. Who do you think is better, Murley or Liner? Oh, God, that's tough to answer, isn't it? As a, I, I think... Um, I, I think I'd like to see Murley get a, get a little bit more of... I think I think they're both... Don't get me wrong, I think they're both very good. Agreed. And I think... Line has been obviously given a little bit of a chance to be in the squad in and around mm. it. I feel like Murley probably just deserves an opportunity to be talked about a bit more. Okay. If I'm honest, I, just, I think he's very good. I think he's, he's he's got everything, and he scores loads for a. Re- I know he scores for a really good team. But he scores loads, and they clearly trust him enough to be um, to be on the wing for them. Mm. I, I'd just like to see what he could do, really, because I think he's I think he's very good. I've got a really tricky question for you, so I don't mind if you don't answer it fully, or you, or, or you can avoid it, I guess. But mm. um, how would you like to play? What kind of role do you think you could bring to that Quinn's backline with the skill set that you've got? And not just with Marcus inside you, but watching Northmore run around today. Oh. It's just a thing, thing of beauty. Northmore or Marchant. Yeah, yeah March is such a good player. Such a good player. Marchant, I think Marchant is brilliant. Uh, I think he's... Um, I think he's sort of got it all. Hasn't he? Um, mm. And probably just needs to be... You know, whatever. I don't know what the plan is. Obviously, it's not for any of us to, to guess what the plan is. But I just... I know I think, I think he's... I couldn't believe his, his strike rate, but it doesn't surprise me in a way because he, he seems to score every week. But when he scored today, it said 40, was it 48 tries in 105 games, something like that. <laughs> wow. That is, that is yeah. it was, it was, don't, don't say that's exactly right, but it's around that. And I was like, that's incredible. That, that, that when I saw that, you might, you might want to fact check that, but, um, that, that's an incredible strike rate. But the more you think about it, he gets over constantly, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's, I mean, the, the try score today was just wonderful. The, the finish Genius, was just, yeah. it's, what can you say? It's awesome. Yeah. It reminded me a bit I, of, I, I, uh, sorry, I was going to say, it reminded sorry, me a bit Sorry, of, no, 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 go on. Yeah, his touch. I can't remember the game last year, but he set up a try for Hugh Jones, where he was right out on the right-hand touchline. Yes, I know what you mean. And he kind of caught it as he's jumping Northampton, over. Northampton away. Northampton away, and he kind of there's, catches it. And, there's the noise, isn't it? Yeah. Catches yeah. it back inside. inside. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so, I, 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 I think he's brilliant, and he's always in. A, there's a massive skill to it. People don't realise there's a skill to be in and around tries. It doesn't just fall to him. You've got to, you know, Ashley's done it for years, hasn't he? Like people, other wingers are as fast and as fit and whatever as Ashley, but but he's just in and around it the whole time. Mm. And um, March, March has got that. He's got a real skill for scoring, and. Um, and well, not just scoring as well. He he made that Northmore try today, didn't he, with a chip off Marcus? So mm-hmm. uh, I, I think he's yeah, I think he's really good. They don't know <laughs> when you say what can I add to that bar. They don't need yeah. me. <laughs> well, okay. Well, I, I guess <laughs> a, a, a different way of thinking of it with your role and the way that you play. Are you are you looking to add to what Marcus Smith does, or are you just l- looking to be like a part of what he tells you to do? Are you, are you trying to make that, him better, or do you just listen to? I reckon. I think you've got to. I think one of the things about 
was brilliant about Marcus is he wants to he wants to engage. When, when I found when I've been training with him mostly, and you know the few times I've got to be around him playing and training, and he, he wants to engage and and ask you, which I, I find you know I've been around a lot of good files, but he he's really interested to ask you your thoughts on this and how you're going to run this and and then and then discuss things. Um, I, I I found him you know. I, Boys were the club, and they, you know, when, you, when I first got back from England, and they were saying, "Oh, boy, well, who impressed?" I just, I thought he was next level good, like mm. that, that, that good. I don't think there's a, I really don't think there's a flaw to his game. You know, most fast have got something that they do brilliantly. I think he's, but also his his, his mindset's brilliant as well. Like the posit- he wants to play in that positive way. You can see it's infectious to be around. Yeah, um, and and I think. It, it helped me with being around the likes of him and March. They, they sniff an opportunity, and like at times, that's probably been my my biggest flaw. Is, is when you when you played in pre. This is years gone by. A team where I've been thinking about the next phase. They're always in that phase that's playing. Really? Yeah. Oh, they are. Yeah, they're constantly in that that moment, which which is which is you know something that you you cannot you feel like whatever age you are, you can always take things from players, and that's probably what I took from them mostly. That's really interesting because when we when I watch you as a player, and I'm sure Phil will pump me up here, that's the thing which we would say about you, which is your it's the intelligence of your game, mm. which we assume that you are one step ahead of everyone else. That's how you get the passes away or the offloads or fi- or find the space. Yeah, I'm probably I'm I've probably had a, a mindset of thinking, you know, trying to dictate how the game is going. So as it moves away from you, start to load things going back towards you, whereas. Marcus at times is just in that moment he might see an opportunity to finish it with that phase rather than think about the next phase. So, so that's probably what I took from being around them, and I've tried to add. Um, I guess it's just it is good to be to go and see players like that and go like, right, what what have they got that's brilliant? And and that is he's got a lot that's brilliant. Don't get me wrong, and trust me, you can't take it all off him. But that's one thing I thought was was amazing. Well, something else which I think is is amazing is the revitalization of of Exeter they've got some mm. great players but they've lost a lot of beef ju- during the summer I think Rob Baxter's done an incredible job of rebuilding this pack because it looks like they're there for the long term now a lot of them are very young the way that they're playing is fairly dynamic and also it's got the old br- brutality of Exeter I, I, I'm very impressed I've got to say it, it is a, a rebuild isn't it yeah and with the news coming out about Sam Simmons that which was confirmed today and the rumours about Jack Noel leaving as well potentially to Claremont is is, is that where he's where he's rumored to go there's I've seen a rumor I don't, I don't know if it's right or not but um what's his name the brilliant Claremont winger slash 13 um Pro- Pro- no no um, no no Pano, Pano'd. Damien Pano is apparently out of contract so going, Jack Noel could be, the re- could be the replacement <laughs> that's what I've heard oh god <laughs> uh. Pano- I'm but- still having nightmares about him from the summer actually when he took the intercept off me so yeah. um, I don't want him to come to Gloucester yeah no. um, I didn't know that about Nolsey but I, is that one was that other one was the Sam Simmons one was that confirmed today was it yeah confirmed, confirmed by one. Ali Heifer yeah. today in okay. combat but then the rumour I mean yeah, you can't you can't I just think with that sort of play you can't blame the slightest can you I think no, but I, been, I also think brilliant. the time is right for him yeah, yeah, yeah. And, he, and you know what? He might go into a few years there, and then he might come back and do a few. He's only what is he? Twenty seven? Might be a bit older than that now. I don't know. I will tell you in two seconds. Go a, got a young, got a young family. Has he go into a few years over there? Maybe come back at 
27. Early 30s or? Yeah. Yeah, he's 27. He'll be, he will be 28 by the time he goes across. Although he might actually, uh, looking at it, so he'll be 28 in two months. So if he's eligible for the World Cup, which is currently unconfirmed, by the time he were to play his first game for uh, Montpellier, he would be 29. Yeah. yeah. If, ex- if he was eligible for the World Cup and he went to the World Cup, that is. Both those extra ex- wingers today, I thought, were, were superb. Uh, I thought Woodburn mm. had a great game. Uh, just Good going player, back. Really. Yeah, yeah he's Wood, phenomenal. Woodburn is a fantastic. So he, there's a few things he did. He's the, setting up for uh, Tishunja's first try was was lovely coming round. Um, the offload was fantastic. But his, his kick chase under the high ball, under the box, he's so good. Yeah. Uh, where? How would you use wingers like Noel? Because he's not out, out and out fast. He's not a recent. He's, sm- uh, he's smart, it. though, isn't he? He's, he's he, he probably yeah, he probably gets away with not being a, a, an absolute sport. He, he knows what he is. He's he's brilliant defensively. He's and he's he's like an extra extra sense. You know, he's got the, mm. the skill set of a sense. He's, he's almost like a seven. T- you know, he, he's got the t- he's got the the ability at times to be a link player, which I don't think many wingers can do. Yeah. Um, you know, the, like the ball Murley gave Northmore on the um, on that try that he hit the hard line. You know, they went yep. out the back to Murley and played short to Northmore. The def- you know, defensively wasn't amazing. There was a lot of movement, and um, and Murley as a winger, there's not that many wingers who who can actually do that. I'd say. Yeah, agreed. Um, and and, and is one of them. Like, you could play him a ball at the back. He'd see the fifteen from the opposition start to come up, and he'd run the ball through. So. You yeah. know, whilst travelling laterally across the field, and I, I think he's 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 just got he's got something different to all the others, and and that he, not everyone could be an absolute speedster. He's solid at every other bit, but he's brilliant. Like he's brilliant rugby mind, I reckon. Well, yeah. When he when he's when he's playing on the wing, they they use him for England a little bit like this. They give him almost a free reign to to pop up in that back line. I don't know if, if from from your experience in there, this is Mark. This is what I've seen. To, to kind of come round and because he's not as tied to a single position um, offensively or de- defensively when he's on the wing, he can pop up where he wants and he'll he'll throw a couple of picks and go in. He'll offer an inside ball off the 10 or he'll loop round like he did a little bit on that that Northmore. Um, well, like Caden Murley did on yeah. that North. I'm, get, I'm getting a yeah. Murley and Noel yeah, confused yeah, I think, because... I think, because probably, I think you're, you're probably right, but I reckon it's not as... It's probably not one of those things that's like coached to say, oh, Nolsey, you go and do whatever you want. I think it's just understanding that he is going to get around the ball. He's got, he's always going to get more touches than most wingers. Mm. And he's, he's special close contact stuff. He's very, very good, very strong. And he's, he is going to bust things. He's going to make things happen. So you're probably happier as a boss to say, right, well, I'm happy if you get an extra 10 touches to the other winger in close quarters. Mm. Because, yeah, like you said, he, he, He'll always make a couple of, whether it's dry or wet. You give him the ball in close quarters in the wet, he'll probably slip or, slip through something. Or he's done it for his whole career, hasn't he? Mm. It's not a surprise when he makes a bust from nowhere in the middle of the park. Yeah, yeah. I, I, what, what I like, well, I'd say I like. I don't like it, but I acknowledge it happens. But <laughs> there, there are times. Do you know when we talk, spoke about Northampton when they're all all on the same page? Well, occasionally, when Exeter are allowed to play all of their senior guys, you've got that triad, haven't you, of Slade, 
Hog, Noel. And when they're all on the same page, they are, they can be absolutely electric. Mm. But it just it doesn't happen as frequently as I'd, as I'd like to see it. Either selection, because of you know England rules or, or, or whatnot, and just sometimes the way Exeter plays just sort of restrains them a, a, a tiny bit. And, and a bit of injury. Yeah. Noel knows he's had some... Some bad injuries over the last few years. Loving the work of of Richard Capstick. Yeah, I thought Simmons was excellent when he came on. Really added a, a, um, a bit a bit of energy. Um, and what I can't really decide after this game is, I think Sale will be. I think Sale will probably be a top four team now. I've, really? ch- I've changed my mind massively on them. I think they're going to beat up every everyone that they see except for Gloucester. Um, <laughs> I think Leicester over top four team now. Uh, all yeah. these teams are either top four teams or they're all going to finish seven. Yeah. Seventh, right? Um, well, there's six or seven top four teams, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's mad. <laughs> that is <laughs> mad. That is the problem. So you, you did have you did have Sale in your top four. No, I had, had them at... You had them I, at fourth. Did, did I have fourth? Have you you got those, you got I've got it in front of me now. <laughs> who did have my, uh, as my top four? Sale in fourth. Yeah. Gloucester in third. There you go, Mark. Uh, go Les- there you are. Leicester in second and Sarri's top. Yeah. Any changes to that right now? Well, looking at today's game, I think both Harlequins and Exeter look like top four teams, but you know, they can't all be <laughs> they top, can't four teams, all be top four. They can't. I had I had Gloucester, Quinns, Saracens and Leicester as well. Gloucester top. top? No, no, other way around. <laughs> Gloucester sneaking in there ahead of uh, Northampton and yeah. Exeter. I mean, based on this, they, they could both easily go. Oh, it could be uh, any. Who knows? It could be any. <laughs> They're all going to finish seventh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not- I reckon we'll be, we'll be having the conversation going into the last month that's what it'll be again won't it it'll, you know yeah. you'd like to think all you can do is be in the conversation going into the there'll be probably five or six teams battling out again for that that, that was interesting last season that became the, the sort of the most hotly talked about topic wasn't it mm. who's going to make the top four you know the, the top two had run away with it yeah. the bottom didn't didn't matter because obviously there was no relegation so it just became that was the topic constantly yeah um, because that was that was, it was, the focus. It was interesting. That was probably the first time I'd seen that be the topic of conversation. <clears throat> yeah, it's usually all sorts of other things, but yeah, it, well, it, yeah. it's good to have the actual race for the top four discussed. And with mm. with um, with relegation not being an option, it kind of limits <laughs> one half of the yeah. table. Any yeah. anyone below eighth, you can forget about because it's irrelevant. But like, if you've got seven or eight teams competing for the top four, you've done your job anyway. <clears throat> you don't need to talk about the other four teams. Yeah, put throw them in the bin. It's done. <laughs> throw, throw them in Stop. the bin. Stop. Um, um, what one thing from this game? Um, I just mention it because he was brilliant. He scored the winning try and some outrageous stats for a. Well, he's a, he was he was wearing seven, wasn't he? But he was a yeah. he's a lock slash back row. He, he so his stats were 122 meters made, uh, three clean breaks, seven defenders <laughs> beaten, and Madness. obviously two tries. In, in which in the the winning try he made, uh, what did he make about 20 meters at the start of it and 30 meters at the end of it to, <laughs> to win the game. <laughs> Outrageous, Isn't Chris, it? Chris Tishunza. Which just shows what happens if you put a big man wide. So it was awful. I was watching it, and um, I was going, oh, "Just take the point, take the two points." <laughs> Honestly, when it when it's still moving it on the line, I was going, "Oh, you just don't want to lose this point now." You don't. You know, I know it's negative, but just take your two points, and then they've kind of done that. <laughs> I felt very negative in my rugby, my it's rugby it, views. My, yeah. my, I, um, I, had, I had exactly the same thing going through my head, it, which was. Wouldn't it be awful if they lost a point? Because we, cause we saw we saw Bath do it on yeah. Friday night. Oh, well, can't, can't wait to talk, talk, talk about that. The same thing. Well, have either of you ever played Madden on PlayStation or Xbox? A long time uh, ago. 
No, no, no. I know what it is, but so in Madden they have these game modes, and this one is in maybe in university playing it. And the game modes are they give you a scenario from a real game back in the day of an amazing two two minute drive. And I was, look, I was watching Exeter, I was thinking, this is like a Madden scenario. If they managed to score from underneath their own post... From, yeah, behind your own you, know, you can put that on a computer game, and, and you, that is your challenge. You, you've, you've got no time left, you can't drop, drop the ball, and you've got to score against Harlequins. Good, good, <laughs> good, good luck. Best of luck. Yeah, it, 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 was a, it was an all-time great moment in Sandy Park. I thought it was incredible. It was. It really was. Now, we've got to t- talk about it, because JB, it costs you 200 quid, as you said before. The so forward upset. pass, Mark. Mark what's your, JB's biased. What's your uh, view on that forward pass? I mean, he should have passed it before contact, shouldn't he? <laughs> he should have uh, done. Yeah. Although uh, he's got, a, I, he's got a prop outside him. He's got Shikley. Although we know Shikley yeah, can he's, move. He's barely a prop, is he? He's a flyer. <laughs> we've seen him. We've seen him move. Um, I, I, I would be feeling hard done to if I was a, if I was a Quinns player. Yeah, I, I, I feel like. They wanted to sort of. They wanted that to be a try. Um, I, I definitely feel hard done to if I was Quinns. Yeah. Um, but what about me? But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, for you, two hundred notes. Yeah, it's different, isn't it? I, I um, yeah. I'd just be thinking. Well, all this talk about hands going backwards, ball going forwards, like. <laughs> the ball's clearly further forward when he catches it, and it was when he left his hand. Yeah. So. It, it's I, obviously I don't know. I've given up with that rule these days. It's just basically look at the draw with what the ref decides. Well, the the problem with that rule, and this this is an example of the problem with that rule. So it's, it's the momentum rule. So if you're travelling forward, yeah. you can pass the ball backwards, but it will travel forward. Um, the problem with that rule is where the player who passes the ball is immediately stopped, as Stuart Hogg mm. was, because if he was yeah. running, if he'd have continued running that pace, it would have looked fine. However, because he's immediately stopped the ball, then. Is caught further ahead of where he um, he yeah, ends up. That's a good point. Now, yeah. initially, my my first reaction was there is no way that try is going to get given. I, I was absolutely certain. I was slightly disappointed because it was an amazing try, but I was certain it was going to come back. But then I softened, and I actually think probably you'd be gutted if you're a Quinns player or fan, but probably Tempo made the right decision, which is. He his decision on the pitch was try. Yep. It therefore needs to be clear and obvious to overturn the try. There is a, at least a question yeah. in my mind because of that momentum and Hog getting stopped as to whether it is. I think it's probably sixty forty that it was a forward pass, and maybe it's more than that. Maybe it's seventy thirty, but it's not. It's not a hundred percent. So and it's got to be. It's got to be clear. It's got to be clear evidence, isn't it? I'm okay with yeah. with the way it played out. But if if I was a yeah, Quinns player or fan, you've I, it well there. You've I, summed, that's actually the way. You know, I know a lot of it comes down to the refs' question and all this. Sort of, so you have summed it up well that the the way it was dealt with was probably right, wasn't it? Pro- yeah. On balance. But if 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 I was a Quinns yeah. player, I'd feel sick, absolutely yeah. sick. Because you watch it, and it goes forward. Yeah, it was. Yes. Uh, yeah, um, so, yeah. I mean, you 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 feel sick. For Quinn's players, <laughs> I, I was livid at the time. Absolutely livid. There, there it's is, not about me, is it? Well, there is a nice little bit of Schadenfreude sitting here in the dungeon with you um, being upset about your 200 quid. Well, good news. There are two teams that we know are not going to finish top four. And they both <laughs> played on Friday night. Now, uh, now, I know professionalism means we're all professional and nice about, nice about each other. 
How do you feel about Bath? Is there any remaining animosity or is it super serious all, all of the time? And, you know, you'll say things like, well, we concentrate on what we do and we don't really mind that Bath are the worst team in the Premiership. Um, so, do you know what, what I'd say about that is like, I reckon there's a lot of people, obviously, it is it's modern sport, all the rest of it. You know, a lot of us weren't from the area. Um, but you can't help but know how much it means to the supporters and therefore know how much they're enjoying it. <laughs> there's, no two, there's no two ways about it that our fans will have enjoyed that last season. So, not you know, not necessarily to say the players love seeing it and all the rest of it, but like, you want to keep your fans happy. You, we, we we aren't those players who, especially when you've been here for a long time, yeah. you're not players who just say you love your fans. You know, you've been here for one season, oh, I love the fans. But like, everyone sort of knows our fans are a bit different and they, they'll they'll hammer you, they'll get the, they'll, they'll rightly, rightly hammer you in a coffee shop to your face and then at the same time, they'll always stick up for you behind your back. All the, you know, the things that you want from your fans. Mm. Um and it, it's not just saying it because I think a lot of people do just say that sort of thing, don't they? But yeah. I, I, genu- I genuinely believe ours are different. Yeah, a few odd balls out there, which I absolutely love and embrace. But there's, they are just they're brilliant. And um, if, if, that's that, if that's brought them a bit of joy, then you can't help but smile about it. <laughs> so you know, for instance, in training, say someone drops the ball, you're not saying, uh, you know, f off to bath, mate. Go on. Oh, you've done a bath. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've done a bath. That, that was pretty no, bath standard, mate. <laughs> I don't think there's no, I don't think anything like that because also the, the, that's what I heard. The flip, the flip side of it is like you've still got a lot. I got quite a few mates down there, a lot of good mates down playing there, and and you sort of can't quite put your finger on it because the squad's still brilliant, isn't it? Mm, yeah, it's. And it I'm is still waiting. Squad. I'm waiting for, and I, and I've got no doubt that in the. I, I genuinely believe this. There's no doubt that it will be fine and it'll come good because it's only a matter of time, you know. That that is too good a squad to to be down there for too long. Well, I'm going to disagree with you, mate. I, I do you think? Yeah, I've changed my mind. I was kind of thinking about Bath, thinking they're going to come good. I, I am a massive fan of um, some some of their players, mm-hmm. um, but watching them on the weekend, I'm thinking, where is this team going to get the go forward from? And they just haven't got the power up front. I mean, if God forbid anything happens to Tom Dunn, what what do they do next? They've got David yeah, Atwood still, I, toiling, but there's just not enough there there up front, unfortunately. I, I feel like, yeah, it's tough there. You're thinking, you know, they, they lost Benno again, Will Stewart, Sam Underhill. Yeah. But there's, there's, a, there's a lot of players that are missing from that team that would give them, you know, a bit of bite, wouldn't they? A mm-hmm. bit more bite. and um, It is hard. It's, everyone wants to pile on when they're at the bottom, but I've... Um, they have got they have got a good squad on paper, and but I'm saying that last year they had a great squad on paper, didn't they? Oh, they've got so, one of the best squads in the Premiership, and last last squad was even better. If you had like Falatau and Watson yeah, on yeah. paper, yeah. it's better. Yeah. yeah, it's tough. It's it's really tough. But no, there's not there's not really anything within our squad. But certainly, I can only imagine. You know, I I know the fans they enjoy match. That's the biggest match day of the year for them. Um, so. I can only imagine that. Were that you a Gloucester player when Tavis Noyle got into that, that the scrap? year before me? Yeah. Oh, was it? That was brilliant TV. Yeah. That was brilliant watching. Oh, yeah. That, that was a good. <laughs> that's a real. That was a real humble. That was one of the, the last big ones, wasn't it? Yeah. Do, do you know Tavis Noyle used to be a bodybuilder? Mm. Really? Do, do you know that? Yeah. Probably you've told me that. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he might, might, he, might be totally made up. He might even still be playing. I think he might even still be at the Dragons. 
Everyone's at the Dragon yeah, Throne. Yeah, I think. Well, I not think everyone. He is, yeah, I think you're right. So, yeah. So one man is apparently not still at the dra- the Dragons. <laughs> one man is not still at the Dragons. Who? who? <laughs> Dean Ryan. Uh, what has he been fired? Uh, they yeah. would. They wouldn't comment on it, but the, I think. I think everyone. Ex- I think there's a Monday morning meeting planned for Dean Ryan. I don't think I'm next. I don't think for the Dragons' job. I don't think he was there. Well, it, it does mean your prediction can finally come true. He'll be England coach uh, when Eddie leaves. Do you know who'd be the perfect man to take over a failing bunch of players and make them into a winning team? And is available as of five o'clock on Monday. <laughs> I know you're going to stay here, yeah. Diamond. Yeah, we'll talk about him in a minute. Let, let, let's focus on, on, on this game because I, I want to ask. Okay. Well, two questions, but um, yeah, I'll start with this one. Cast your mind back, Mark, to first game of the season. You guys were playing Wasps and that remarkable turnaround. Do you think Wasps have got some sort of mental frailty when they're under pressure and just their discipline? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think. It, I don't think it's necessarily Wasps. I think it's just a thing you go through as a and learning as a team. We we did it a few years ago. We gave a few big. Um, big like where we were up, up and then and then we lost a few big ones where we sort of 19 20 point turnarounds yeah um and and it i think it it takes sort of some some sort of senior players to stand up and go the the momentum's been shifted things like and it's not to point the finger at anyone but like you you the, like we said we spoke about before momentum in the game and when you're scoring points it's amazing and the the experience side of going right it's going away from us how are you going to get this back? That's probably it. And it's probably just, all it is is one break in play or one passage of play that stops that momentum and they go on to comfortably win that game yeah. um, rather than rather than having a, <clears throat> a scary five, ten minutes when, when it looked like Bath were back in it. Yeah. Well, that, that swing in this game was quite incredible. The Bath comeback, yeah. well, that from about 50 minutes, it was kind of 30 minutes left on the clock and just all of the momentum shifted. Well, Bath remind me of last year's London Irish, and not because they stole half the players, but because <laughs> last year London Irish were trying to play like structured rugby, and then it would sort of crumble for them. And go, Forget it, just throw it in the bin, just just do whatever you want, boys. And then they'd come back into games. They drew against um, Worcester. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Seven draws, yeah. twenty-four draws in the season. Sale, Exeter, uh, Saracens. I think. I think I, I could get that up, but certainly mo- you know, most of them. Um, and it just felt like Bath were trying to play a structured game. I thought Louis Schroeder, or however you say his name, was completely thrown to the wolves. Good player, but he couldn't do what they are asking of him. He is not a box-kicking nine. If he is, he hit it well. Um, but he's a very, very good nine. And when it started to open up, I thought he had a bit, bit, a, a bit more success. I thought Bath had a bit more success when they were allowed to play. And it goes back to something Tim said last week. Maybe they're trying to play a game but they don't have the squad built for the game that they want to play. They're, they're that, not... was, that was the point I made last week. No, Tim, Tim, Tim said that. It was very... <laughs> Tim agreed with it. Uh, it, was a very, it was a great point by Tim. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they just don't seem to have those players. Uh, Cocker the singer was great. I'll, gi- I'll give him that. First real good game I've ever seen him play. He, he drew in some players. Yeah. Very nicely on a few occasions. But I, I mean, that first try they scored, the Matt Gallagher try was great. But they did nothing else in that first half. Yeah, I worry about Matt Gallagher. He didn't look very assured at, at all to me. Uh, well, his, his box kick was good. Yeah, his box kick was decent. Uh, I think the cock and a singer thing was great for him to you know have a good game, but it's also indicative of a team which doesn't have carrying ability elsewhere. 
Uh, yeah. he, he was it was great to see him back to back flying though. He did look good, didn't he? He did, didn't he? he? Did, yeah. Um, yeah. He did look powerful. He did look um like he was sort of dragging three men into every tackle. Yes. Um, he he draws defenders in, doesn't he? Yeah. Like, yeah. How, what's what's the day like we saw it on the, the East Midlands derby. The just the sheer number of defenders that were attracted to someone like well, not someone like Nandolo. That specifically yeah. Nandolo or Thokina Singer or Tuolagi. From from your perspective, Mark, how does that like change the way that you defend if you've got someone of that stature kind of out the corner of your eye? You, you, you've got to. It's just a. It's like awareness of that. Like let's say about Nandolo, you, you've got to have an awareness that if if it's shifted out to him and he's got space, then you're going to be. Uh, anyone's going to. I don't think as many people are going to hit him one on one. It's like finding a way. It's probably different with Nandolo because. They either use him really well off first phase, or they get the ball to him early in in attack, don't they? Yeah. Mm. Um, whereas Manu's a little bit different. So obviously, he's probably in and around the ball a bit more, and he he goes and carries midfield. He carries in phase play a little bit more in in. So it's probably just it's understanding like the threats of what's coming beforehand. Um, but yeah, like I said, Nandolo line up. It's it's only coming one way, and <laughs> yeah, you know, he, he obviously was out. He probably wasn't in the best position today for one of those one of those breaks but my god he gives you something going forward doesn't he, he does. he's it, it's something else like it, it, and the subtlety the soft offload that he's got after yeah. dropping that big arm oh it's incredible the the thing i would do if i was defending nadolo the thing i'd seriously do is i would defend in the back line next to chris harris <laughs> that's what I do. Yeah, yeah. That's the key, isn't it? Absolutely. You're, you're, you're going to be a winger playing against all day long. You're going to be a winger playing against Nandola. You want him on your inside, yeah. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Or 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 any. In fact, what's he doing next ne- next time that we play West Park St Helens? <laughs> <laughs> I'll see if he's available. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. Do. Uh, yeah. So I think Bath are going to struggle mightily this season. Yeah, um, I just can't see. Just from that pack performance, where they're going to get the go forward from? They had no threat around the breakdown. As soon as uh, Kalute went off, yeah, I, I like. I, is it Kalute? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine, um, close enough. I, you know, I, I love Bayless as a player. I think he's a great player, but he's a completely different guy to the guy that he replaced. Um, I, I think Schroeder is a good, good second option, but he was put in a difficult position. What is the point in playing Max Germo if you're going to give him the ball once? <laughs> I mean that boy has to be on the on the ball all all of the time. Actually, there you go. What do you think of Max Max Ajomo Mark? Do, do, do you think he's a bit raw, or do you think he, I, probably, I think he's brilliant? I, I probably haven't. Still, what I probably haven't seen enough to properly. I need to watch a bit more. And and I think the other bit is it's tough for those lads like like him and um, and Orlando. They they obviously been in a team that's been generally. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Generally on the back foot, haven't they, since they came through? Yeah. So so their, their highlights are often sort of trying something, you know, a chip or a, a this or that. It's probably not the ability to play many games where it's been, you know, they've had their 15, 20 minutes of front football, then you have to suffer 10 minutes of back football, then you're 10, 15 minutes of front football. Like, they've probably had most of it just off the back foot. So, I, I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to see That's more really, of it. That's a really, really good way to put it. I like that. Like, mm. uh, I, I reckon, he's, he's obviously got brilliant skills and all the rest of it, and, and I think he's obviously got a big future, but before I could properly give a, I'd probably need to see him play a bit longer before I could properly say. But he's obviously very, very talented, isn't he? Yeah, I, th- I think you've made a bloody brilliant point of, of, of both of those players, actually. They have to try so so much stuff in order for anything to come off because they just don't have the platform that they need. Yeah, yeah, that is a great point. And it's hard, back to the point you, well, that you made before around the, the weakness in that back path, that bath pack, and not just... The tight five, obviously Tom Dunn is Tom Dunn and Dave Atwood are they're doing a lot of work in that <laughs> in that pack. But the the back row, if you consider the the back row options or the eight options that um, Bath have had over the last few years, uh, with Zach Mercer and Falatau and Nathan Hughes was there for a bit. The go forward from them compared to the guys that they've got through no fault of their own, it's a different league. Yeah, and actually, do you know, I thought Van Velsen made a big difference. I would. I never thought I'd be saying that because uh, I thought his, <laughs> his, his his time had gone, but I thought his leadership actually did improve the situation somewhat. Uh, they, as, did, they had a great turnaround, yeah. but not quite enough. And as for wasps, I mean, all all I say is when they get going, when they get on top of you, they can they they can be lethal. And I love yeah, not frost. It's the other one, the other one they picked up from the championship. Uh, center outside. Oh, spink, spink, spink. spink. He's yeah. a good player. Spink and Odendahl looked like a great centre partnership. Yeah, yeah, they do, don't they? Yeah, I'd say no, they, they, they're probably, I'd say probably one of the most dangerous teams when you know when balls get sort of anything in transition, ball gets slapped back, ball gets this, mm. and they 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 can hurt teams in that sort of instance. Yeah. Very, very sort of very dangerous in turnover. Very dangerous. It's interesting because you look at Gloucester, and it's obvious you guys work on your on your wall. It is obvious. And I think in the same way you can see that you're working on your mall a lot, you look at Wasp and you see they are working on the on the offload game constantly. Mm. Yeah, yeah, they're, I'm sure. I'm sure they're, they're they're like I said, their transition game, their their turnover attack is very good, and they they come alive in that instance, don't they? Yeah, and yeah, it's like all hand, all hands to the pump. And then the the flip side of that is the risk for Wasps, and this happened a little bit in the run up to Bath coming back, is. They're brilliant at turnovers until yes. until they start making bad calls or the the um, clear out gets a little bit stronger and then they start getting a bit sloppy and then they give 
penalties away and the penalties start compounding so they're giving away field position and they can invite pressure on themselves. So like, didn't they, were they responsible for like seven penalties back to back? They're probably, they're probably in, the, in that second. It would not at all surprise yeah. me in that second half. But, you know, you, the risk, the risk point you make is the right point to make because if you're wasps and you're turning over and you've got a great transition game, then the risk of the penalty is probably worth it because if you do get the <laughs> get the turnover, well, you're going to cause chaos. Yes, absolutely. Mm. When, when you've got Jack Willis, um, well, a pair of Willises. Yeah, will I play? <laughs> will I? Yeah. Why not? Good. Yeah. Uh, well, last game, and then we'll let Mark get to bed and be, and be a professional. Are you sleeping in your? Um, in your rehab tent tonight? Uh, weirdly enough, I don't have one of them. But um, <laughs> I, was just, I was just suggesting that to the missus. I'm off to sleep in the rehab tent tonight. Um, <laughs> Sounds like heaven. <laughs> yes, yes, please. <laughs> Picked up an injury you again. With a, you don't mind getting up with a baby, do you? I'm in the rehab tent. Um, <laughs> um, no, not, not tonight, unfortunately. Oh, hang on. Just before we get on to the, to the last game. I, I don't really there, want is, to talk... there is two more, two more games. Why was the other one? So Bristol Iris. Oh, Irish. God, yeah. Worcester. Now, uh, did we, I, do, we sort of spoke about Irish when we spoke about their outside backs. Do we need to go? Uh, well, let's just say good good win for Bristol. Got a bit nervy towards the end. Yeah. Uh, Arundel, we've, we've spoken about him. Yeah, spoke about him. He, he's superb. Uh, on, on Bristol, though, I feel I'm going to have to deal with them being good this year. And it's going to be painful. You might. You really enjoyed... Last year was like a heaven year for it you. It was great, wasn't it? Bristol were bad. Bath were bad. You could but, revel in it. But Sale weren't, Sale weren't good. Well, Bristol are top of the league now, aren't they? Yeah, they, yeah, they were beaten. Uh, Marcus Bradbury. Genji's made, Genji, Genji's made a big impact. Yeah, so Genji's obviously been a great signing. No two is about that. Mm. Uh, I, I'm very fond of eight of AJ, but I think Marcus Bradbury, yeah. for a guy I didn't really know much about, has been a phenomenal signing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Look, I great. didn't know much about him either. Yeah. No. I think, I, I think yeah, I'd agree with that. But AJ, AJ will be a smart bit of business because I think, I think it's probably what she. She's needed as well. Is is somebody else coming? Because she's brilliant. I think. I think he probably, you know, it's always if you can have two of them, it makes a huge difference to the one who's been playing. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if at times this year you see Sheedy still being number one mm. and AJ come off the bench because Sheedy steps up and and, and battles him for it. So yeah, um, well, I guess the problem with that is salary cap wise. Can you afford two of them? And you know, when you've got uh, you know some some. Some fly halves can be fairly flexible. Like Orlando Bailey moved to fullback. I don't mm. see either of those boys being able to move around the field. I think they're a fly half or nothing. Yeah, t- yeah, yeah. Tend I to think agree. You're probably right. You know, the, the the one that I was hoping would step up for Bristol and I, maybe fly off his his best position from what I've seen, but maybe he could play elsewhere. Is Johan Lloyd? Yeah, who I think is outrageously talented, but. <laughs> I think I was saying that kind of three seasons ago, and he's not really. Uh, I, think he's got his potential. I think they've got him down as a, a centre these days. Yeah, but he, I, he's, I, he's I very seen, talented, isn't he? Very talented. Very well, incredibly talented. They, a bit lightweight, maybe. Bit, yeah. uh, lightweight, I don't just mean that physically. I, I also mean that kind of decision making. He's quite, he's quite tough. He is tough. Like He, he, he makes his tackles. He's, he doesn't shirk anything. Well, I, I think one thing that he, he you know, he gives them his twenty minutes to go. You bring him on. He's going to something's going to happen, isn't it? It's like yeah. that old Matthew. What's what's that at Cardiff called? Matthew, Matthew Morgan. Morgan. Bloody hell! Matthew Morgan uh, played, played this weekend. Did he? Yeah. yeah. Sort sort of that sort of figure, isn't he? Matthew Morgan. Like you're going. Oh, I don't want to see him coming after twenty uh, with twenty minutes to go. But um, Euro Lloyd is he's he's awfully talented, and I thought that surprised the first 
for a small lad, he was tough. He, yeah. he makes his tackles. Well, I mean, David Flatman said something really interesting. He says lots of things which are interesting. One of the things he said is, when asked who is the toughest player in the Premiership, he went with George Ford because he constantly goes to the line and constantly gets battered and then gets up and goes to the line over and over again. <laughs> and he's not big. And I think he's right. It's one thing getting battered when you're Dave Atwood or Nathan Hughes. It's another thing when you're George Ford. Yeah. And he, he Ford, he rarely misses tackles. He will he will concede a bit of ground uh, often at, at yeah. times. He very rarely misses tackles. Yeah, well, Ian Lloyd, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think you're right. He should be a 10. Uh, where he's going to play in the future, I don't know. And I think from you, Mark, you've got to remember, it's not easy to go from being a 10 to a world-class 12 just like that. Not, <laughs> you know, not everyone can do it. <laughs> Oh god! No, no, some some of us were very, very poor tens, which helps. You know, they, these boys are top, are very good tens, so it's very different for them. Too modest, mate. Um, Too modest. Yeah. So humble. So last, last one. I don't know what what did you do about this one. So yeah, okay, great win. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, uh, yeah, well, yeah, five well, points they can sell. Um, well, I, I said last it's one week. for rug. It's one for rugby Twitter, isn't it? This they, yeah. they, rugby Twitter like to see this result. Well, I mean, God knows what. Yeah, 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 yeah. They do. So, I, I, I guess you. I mean, do you live in Cheltenham? I, yes. Yeah. Yeah. All rugby players live in Cheltenham. I, I, I guess. So you must be bumping into the Worcester lads fairly frequently because I guess they all live in Cheltenham too, do they not? Yeah. There's there's less than there used to be. There used to be more, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, well in the good times. In the time, in a different time these days, isn't it? Yeah. Um, do you um do you get a sense of, of the players of the kind of the, like the desperation or is are they just carrying on like, what's the sense that you get from chatting to them i guess um joe like good mate a real good mate of mine owen williams really like he's one of, one of my closest mates and he sort of sums up says it well you know he, he's a very cynical welshman but he, he he says it in a way like there's nothing there's nothing they can do, so they might as well crack on. Yeah, you, know, there's, mm. you can you can do what you can do what you want. You can say all you want, but there's not masses that they can impact. So you're a rug, you are a rugby team, so you might as well crack on. You know, the times you hear about them saying like, "Oh, well, could have gone off and not trained or done this," and, I, and the bit I completely get is training, and you've got to have an idea and train that you're supported by your club. Yeah, you can't train properly without knowing full well that you're supported and. If something happens in training, you'd get the same support you would on match day. And I, I reckon that's probably where they've come unstuck because I wouldn't be doing it. I wouldn't be... If, if it was training pre-season and they're saying, do you want to whack each other? I would be saying, I'm not doing that. Mm. Yeah, fa- yeah. I think that's a perf- perfectly fair way to look at things. It's a very yeah. good um, observation. It's also the, the performance this weekend. One of the things that was going through my head when I saw the result was um, it's a great ch- chance to be in the shop window. Like you yeah. know, you know, ninety nine percent certainty as we sit here right now that uh, come five pm on well m- tomorrow five pm on Monday they'll be looking for a new job. Well, I mean that's a you know, it is a the harsh world that we live in, and I, is that I, is that genuinely the case? Is that I'm still so, expecting to see so uh, maybe a suspension for the rest of whatever this is. The suspension, suspension comes on Monday. And then them to sort this out. Is that, I, I might be wrong. Am I? Am I no, I, I think they, they go, there? don't they? I I can't see uh, personally. I can't see a, a route for them to survive in their current. Like this, this team survive there. No, I, I think they're going to be suspended from all rugby. I think they'll be relegated. Um, 
the, the, the level of relegation will depend on how they use the um, kind of force majeure COVID clause. Yep. Um, which could be full relegation to the bottom of the pyramid, or they could find a way to relegate them one well, level. I think they've got to go to the bottom. I really I, think they've got to go to the bottom. I, I, it might be the kind thing to do to the club, yeah. but I could also see it that, like almost a fudge because of that that force major type clause, which said if you can prove that it's outside, if you can demonstrate it's outside your control, a force major type scenario, which obviously the pandemic has led to, it's, it's at least one of the building blocks that's led to this point that they're it's at it's a factor yeah. yeah what are they going to do with six ways because they don't have a premiership football team there do they there was uh, some football club was playing there wasn't there because they had Worcester a game Pirates or something Worcester Raiders yeah it's well, not, not when you say JB when you say you put them to the bottom what what does it achieve by putting them to the bottom well so we saw this with the London Welsh and if you go to London Welsh now it's an absolute thriving club uh, and my question to, to the fans would be do you support the club or do you support watching Premiership Rugby and there's no shame in doing doing either there'll be some people who love Premiership Rugby and they'll go to Gloucester and they'll go to Bath and they'll go to Wasps they'll go to all, all, all those clubs and that's fine but if you really support your club and it's the club that you love the club's not going to go anywhere the club will still be there and you can actually make a difference to that club then. You can go down at level 7 or level 8 or level 9 or wherever they find themselves and actually help out and actually get connected again to the thing which you say that you really support. I, I think it would be an amazing they opportunity. Operate, they, can, they, they can operate that. I just mean... Oh, I think six ways, yeah, Welsh, six ways. London, <sighs> yeah. London Welsh against Worcester is... You know, London Welsh... Not, not to say they've got themselves... They're dangerous to say they've got themselves into that scenario, but, you know, they them going back to Richmond and all the rest of it from where they were in Oxford, there, there was no, obviously, no fan base. and It was almost like the natural thing, but yeah. you, you're essentially starting, and I think if you relegate them to level seven or wherever it goes to, you're essentially starting a new club in Worcester, and you might as well scrap everything to do with the previous Worcester, and therefore the fans haven't got anything, have they? Well, I think what will happen, you know, so I think this will happen with Wasps as, as well if they go under, is Wasps do have an amateur side, London Welsh had, yeah. had had an amateur side, so they just merged the instead of going right to the bottom of the pyramid, they sort of like have a placeholder. Well, then that side, so Worcester amateurs, I'm sure that they do exist. I, I need to actually look that up, but I suppose that will be the new Worcester, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, I, in fact, I, I I think if I was a Worcester fan, I'd be embracing it because that's that's the future. You just you just have got this fantasy JB of. Playing uh, for Worcester ne- next week, Steve Diamond picking up the phone and saying, "JB, we're going to be in level eight <laughs> next year." JB, do you, do you know we, any cheap rugby players? We need <laughs> we need a tight head prop who can also play wing. <laughs> Count me in. <laughs> Count me in. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it's um, it, it's very sad I, for everyone involved. I've been impressed by the management. I'd give them that. I think I've been impressed by the way that it's been. Um, I know you're very vocal on dimes, JB, but I think it's been. It's been impressive the way they've done it so far as a, as a whole club. You know, the, I um, I particularly enjoyed. I don't know who's responsible for the Twitter sign off after fifty two minutes against us yeah. on Wednesday. Yeah, I <laughs> thought that was fair, genius, yeah. absolutely genius. But they were they were um, showing pictures of, of of the bar this week and the staff working behind the bar. I'm thinking like, just give away the beer. Well, well what's the incentive? So, do I think that there's pictures there? The party bar of um. Diamond pulling pints on Saturday night. <laughs> so be, from from what Take I could, it. from what I can make out, basically they've they've drank they've drank six ways dry after the yeah. game. The players and any fans who are still about to drink all the remaining bit. Yeah. So <laughs> I was thinking about Diamond today, 
And one of the ironies, I don't know if it's an irony, it's certainly not a bad thing, I don't think. But it's fair to say, and anyone that knows the guy will know, he was desperate to win the Premiership. Like, that was the thing he really wanted the most. Prove everyone wrong mm. that, you know, he could do it. It's going to be crazy to think that he's he'll probably make his name be most famous for mm. the effort that he's done right at the bottom of the league. And rightly so. And, and actually, everyone can laud him for it because he did it without without the money, without... You know, he did, he's done all the things that, that he is good at and was never recognised for. <clears throat> yeah. It's, I've, I've not always been... I said this last week, not always been Diamond's <laughs> biggest fan, but... I've been very impressed with with the way him and Nick Easter and, and everyone else at the club have pulled together and yeah. got through this. Uh, I'd agree. Yeah. Now, one the other side of this coin is the slightly worrying one because there'll be a team that does still exist in a week's time who are not doing particularly well at the moment. They got they had a good start against Quinns, although um, kind of threw it away towards the end. But Falcons, they're not good, are they? Other than George McGuigan getting over for his the inevitable pushover try, won a game. Um, not a lot happening there. Did Colburn stop? Uh, no, he did not. Well, they got they got what they deserved. <laughs> what do you want me to say? Uh, I just don't think they're very good. Um, yep. <laughs> Mark, you got anything to add? Said they're not very good. Hey, well, I mean, I I don't know how that that game played. I've not seen that game. I saw the, like again. I saw the tries. Yeah, um, same. But I. I'd be intrigued to sort of, you know, the say the emotion around. Yeah. Um, I, I'd be intrigued to see the first twenty minutes because I, I feel like it's the type of game that, when it's this last hurrah and all the rest of it, it's probably the type of game that if you let the the team play on emotion, if you let them have it for the first twenty minutes, they'll probably it goes one way or the other. It's either shut up shop and you can't sustain that based on emotion or. Or you can ride that wave. If you get a couple of tries early on, you can ride that wave. So you probably you either need to you, you really need to sort of end that hope early doors. That's the, all I can think is that that's not happened. Mm. And then yeah. Worcester have grown and grown and grown and played and by all accounts played really well. Yeah, they've got a decent fan base, Worcester. I mean, not a huge fan base, but a very passionate one. Um, always a good place to go. Yeah, always mm. a good place. Yeah. Yeah. Now imagine this scenario. If you will, so we've 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 spoke about all of the Premiership teams, and I think the one thing we can all agree on is that when you get the best fifteen players for each Premiership team, every team has got one hell of a starting team. There's mm. not there's not a weak team in it it um, in the Prem now. However, we're in a situation where two teams have folded. There are lads av- lads available, and a DOR might say maybe a DOR who looks like a famous film star might turn around to one of his senior players, tap him on the shoulders and say, Mark, we're going to pick up a Wasp player and a Worcester player, but I just need your input. <laughs> who would it be? Who would you go after? Um, what, 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 what's his <laughs> famous film star like that? <laughs> what's he saying to me is the... Uh, well, am I going for a, a, an up and comer, or go, am I going for, whatever you want? Going for what, what, whatever squad, you want, like a squad, pl- you know, someone to add to the squad or a big starter. That's Jimmy. Who's, who is the most talented player? Who would yeah. you go for? We we, we, we want to win this year. I'd say it, for maybe hard to look past adding launches to a side. I think that's oh yeah. I reckon it'd be tough to not add. Most sides would want to add Launchbury. Yep. Yeah. I can't see. I can't see any side that would t- turn down adding him into your match day squad. Yeah. Um, He'd be a good Gloucester player. They, they, they would love him at Gloucester mm. too. Oh, they'd love him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
and he and he'd, he'd go well with a lot of our second rows as well. Mm. Um, yeah, because you know, all your, your, most of your second rows, I'm thinking now. You know, he play well with Freddie Clark. He play well with Matty Alamano. Um, yeah. yeah, they play very well together. There's uh, so yeah, he, he'd be one that you'd you'd. I think it'd be hard to look past someone like him. Um, Worcester, and then no, I don't think actually. I was about to say that that big bruiser on the wing for Worcester, but <laughs> Do I don't on. think we need to add wing. I don't think we need to add wingers. No, you've got more um, than enough talent out there. Although, yeah. although <laughs> yeah, Duan sure. is outrageous. Doing eights, yeah, you've got a load of eights too. So then <laughs> no, we've got, we got, we got all, all the eights and all the wingers. Yeah, we don't need. Um, yeah, that's not an area we need to add. Um, you give me some ideas. What would I be adding from? Well, you know, if you're looking for a young player, I think they've got two centres there that are, that are very good. Don't need. Yes, Costa don't need yeah. any more centres. Yeah. I, mean, centers. I, won't, I won't be going. I won't be going to him saying, "Do you want to add a centre? Yeah. <laughs> an outside centre? An outside uh, centre? Yeah, Ollie Lawrence uh, plays outside to, only." Imagine, imagine me going to George, going, "Oh, do you know, Ollie Lawrence is available. Fancy it." <laughs> yeah. um, I want a young English, very very talented centre. No, <laughs> or, no, or, like or your namesake, who actually plays a bit like you in Sebat. Can see. He's, yeah, he's very good. We'll sign him and Charlie and confuse everyone, shall we? <laughs> yes, <laughs> perfect. Yeah, that's what that's what you want to do. Hey, what I say? I don't know who I say from Worcester. That's that's a sad. So sad it's, name, it's always good to add a British and Irish lion. Lou said, "Yeah, Roy yes. yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, would be handy. Bat, you know, Batley's Batley's obviously had a good start to the season, hasn't he? Yeah, I think it's another it's another big bruiser who can play back row or six, uh, bat sec, six or second row for you. I do like Ted Hill, uh, although he's not played Ted this year. Hill is it? Yeah, he's a good player. Ted Hill's a phenomenal mm. player, actually. Ted Hill and the guy that's gone to France, so you can't, can't have him." Uh, Hatherall. Hatherall. He's already yeah, gone. Hatherall. Very good, very good player. That very business good. already done. Yeah. So, not a big fan of uh, Wall Street Seams and Mark. Oh, well. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> I'd, bring back, I'd bring back my mate Owen Williams, wouldn't I? There you go. Yeah. Oh, I've got, a, my mate back. I've got a question about him for, 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 for after the pod. But here's the last question for you before, before, we, let you, before we let you go. Mm. Now, there's a running joke on the podcast that you have an international fly-off playing... For uh, playing for you, <laughs> is anyone aware that you have two international fly halves? And why does he never play fly half? <laughs> you can't think of it. Oh, the... Santi! Oh, Santi! So the <laughs> people really don't know. They really don't know. There's such a fly half. I was honestly, I was thinking, I was thinking, as Billy Twelve Trees play fly half for England. Now. Um, Billy Twelve Trees is higher up on your um, fly half pick. Uh, pecking God, order then Santi he is he is honestly as talented a player as I've seen he, he can do it all I, why I is don't the think, I'm so glad we got him signed up because I don't think teams quite realised until last year how good he was I don't think that you guys realised how good he was <laughs> he is he's he's amazing we made him that good <laughs> you lot didn't realise we knew we sent him to Argentina Argentina sent him over to us and we made him that good he is he's brilliant honestly he is so talented the type of lad who puts the ball in a cone and then knocks it over from 50, sort of oh, like, really? whilst the kickers are kicking properly. Uh, I'll have a go at that. Um, you know, I'll do some restarts, then puts it on a sixpence every time. He is super talented. Did, mm. Will he be playing 10 for Gloucester anytime soon? Um, or is he just... No, I think he'll play, I think he'll play 15. I think, I think they, you know, this is a, this is a, a move they're making with him to play 10. And I think he could, I don't think, I don't think it's a case of saying he couldn't, but I reckon it'd be much harder to, to go into our team as a non, as a sort of, 
English being your second language. Mm. Yes. I think that'd be I think that'd be really tough. But naturally he sort of steps in at first receiver very you know, it's very different to be a brilliant second receiver, a brilliant you know, first first receiver but on a short side say, rather than constantly being the man calling the shots. Um I mean, it's hard enough. I think like Hasto's second language is English, isn't it? So, um, like, we, we have to get there with him. But um, no, I'm glad you mentioned Santi because my God, what a t- I'm so glad we signed him up before teams quite realised he's he's incredible. Well, when we saw him playing for Argentina, we went into Google Overdrive. Like we we, we were trying to make sure cross referencing that the winger from Gloucester is really an international fly half. Yeah, you watch him honestly. Watch him defend. He is the, the positions he gets into defensively are incredible, mm. and that's 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 a winger who's brilliant going forward. And you end up talking about how good he is defensively. That's when you know someone's good. Yes, yes. Well, you've got a very talented jo- Georgian too. Who uh, I, who yes, I quite, quite yeah. look of the crazy Georgian. Yeah, he's brilliant. He, he's you know what I think he's only going to get better and better. Yeah, he, I agree with that. He's probably not got the you know. He's probably not got the time on the field yet, but he, he keeps getting a sniff every now and again. Um, I know I know the coaches like him, and he and he, he sort of does things every now and again. And you go, oh, I want to see more of that. So he's um, yeah, yeah he, he, I think he'll come good. He just again, it's just about getting time on the field, isn't it? So this this Prem Cup's given a few boys a good opportunity at the moment. So it's it, yeah, see how he. See how he progresses. Yeah. Well, mate, thank you so, so much. No, uh, thanks been, for having me. You've been more than an able stand-in for uh, our only professional <laughs> broadcaster. <laughs> let, so, me, let me know when the big dog's off doing BT stuff in the future and we'll, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll link up. Definitely, mate, definitely. All right. Cheers. Thanks for having me, chaps. Bye Cheers, bye, Mark. Bye. See you, fellas. Bye-bye, bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 